Hello there, Comic Clan, and welcome to Comics in the Cross, the greatest streamers you have never heard of. Of course, I'm one of your hosts for today, Cross, alongside my co-host as always, Nitro. How goes it, people? I think it's the first time in a long time we've actually started off the show, and both mics seem to be working and coming through streamlabs right. at the same time, so... Everything's going good. So that, that, that's probably the best start we've had for some time. Um, Cross and I are aware that I am a little bit smushed. <laughs> we are yeah. working on that. We'll work, we'll, we'll work on that, but right yeah. now it's going to have to be what it is. So. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to work on the cameras and getting the two different setups for it, but it's not quite worked out as we planned. But we'll we'll roll with it. You can see Nitro, you can see me, you can hear us. That's better than some of our streams have been, so we'll go with that. What's up, Watson? How's it going, man? Hey, go up trio in the house. Had a good night with, the, with Coop and some of the gang last night as I opened up um, Valheim for the first time nice and honestly got lost in the game it was so addictive <laughs> we spent hours like I got off there at like freaking one thirty or something like that like I, we just lost track of time dude it looks fun looks really fun I missed out what happened after I left dude that is a big mug cross <clears throat> I just wanna I just felt like I had to comment on that yeah I came prepared. They peer pressured me into staying until 4 a.m. Holy Lock. word. Lock, you're on the same schedule as I am. You're in the same time zone as me. How did you stay to 4 a.m.? That's why I got off when I did, because I knew I was just going to end up staying for hours, and I had to get up with the kids this morning, and I'm like, see, it's fine for you, Lock. Your family's still away there now. You've got the house to yourself all weekend. You can do the... Lock, just, just because you're by yourself does not mean you have to submit to peer pressure. <laughs> Apparently it does. <laughs> <laughs> let That's me also idea. give a massive shout out to our friend Locksteady if you're not already following Lock go ahead and give him a follow he is going to be streaming on his own channel soon we're still waiting on that start date Lock come on get to it this is your perfect weekend for it you should have started man oh dear he doesn't go back to work to Wednesday I see more peer pressure in your future Lock oh, come oh, on okay. lie. you should not have announced that publicly Lock I know, not to keep he's so going to pressure you into being like late night Valheim for the next few nights. Homer Hedge, that good. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it came, Locke came back, Benita came in the chat. Nice. Keegan oh, came cool. in, Neil stayed in the chat, Zinn stayed the whole time. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, the whole crew in there. <clears throat> so, hey, I was happy with what I got done in Valheim. I started it for the first time yesterday and I got stuff upgraded, I got weapons upgraded, I got leather armor, I, we beat the first boss. Nice. You know, and I'm proud of the work we did as well. We fixed that bridge as well because we almost died multiple times trying to <laughs> sort it. What's up, oh, Scary Matt? Hey, Scary Matt, how is it going? Oh dear, it's like yeah, did you? So, so what was the traumatic experience that freaking Benita had, guys? If you're not following Scary Matt, go ahead and give him a follow. He is an absolute legend. If you like, oh, there you go. Locks beat me to it. Or, Oh, Nitro beat me too. It was even locked. Yeah, Nitro was quick on the draw. This Nitro time. quick on the draw there. Dang. Um, if you love watching horror games and watch people getting the crap scared out of them, this is the man for you. Go ahead and check out uh -huh. Scaredy Matt, a fellow Brit. Um, well worth checking out. Lots of fun. Great community. And there we go. A second clip of him because why not? <clears throat> uh, Benita took us to McDonald's with her. Oh, dear. Oh, great. <laughs> But yeah, good to see you, Matt. Thank you for popping in. We are doing well today. Glad you are doing good too. 
<clears throat> but thank you everyone for coming in today. We um, are not doing our regular podcast today. Today is of course going to be our indie comic book club as Nitro and I are going to be talking about Spencer and Locke. Phenomenal book that I cannot wait to get into and talk about. Thoroughly enjoyed reading this. Um, but before we get into Spencer and Locke, we have um, a little bit of news we wanted to talk about. Um, All right, some let's do this. Comic book news stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about Locke. Okay. We Plus, definitely we are text- talking about Locke uh, today a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you fixed the bridge even more. Nice. Mm. I'll let you pop in and check it out. Cool. But yeah, so we've got a little bit of to discuss on some news that's came up the last couple of weeks we've not done a lot of news talk with the podcast kind of being here and there with everything well, alright alright let's jump into the first thing because he's this man here is itching to jump into this for anyone who doesn't know about this the difference in the movies and stuff like Sony of course has been pushing forward with their um, solo projects based on characters from the Spider-Man IP because um, they can't make a good Spider-Man game, so of course they thought, let's you know, let's make other things about the IP, and that's why we get stuff like Venom. They just need to pick up a copy of Maximum Carnage for Sega Genesis and just play through it, and be like, and just get some inspiration, man. <clears throat> just get some inspiration. So we, so the the Let There Be Carnage trailer was bad enough, and they've had a whole bunch of other projects that have kind of been announced. That were kind of just in development, and then we got our first official piece of casting on their first thing, mm-hmm. following Venom, and they officially yep. announced there's going to be a Craven the Hunter solo movie, and Aaron Taylor Johnson, Kickass Quicksilver himself, is going to be the one playing Craven. Nitro, go. All right. So a couple of thoughts. <laughs> All right, back to what you said real quick with the with the Carnage with the Carnage trailer. You know what hurts more about the Carnage trailer? Because I watched it again, and then I watched somebody break it down. Andy freaking Circus directed that. I have so much love for Andy Circus, And I'm like, dude, why? Why? But anyways, um, so Craven the Hunter. My question is, why a solo film? Why do we need a solo film with Craven? Two, I'm not that mad at Aaron Taylor Thomas as the casting. I'll be honest. I know I'm probably going to get some hate for that. I get some hate for Shia LaBeouf as Wolverine. I'm totally cool with that. 100% okay with that. I'm not mad at him as far as him being cast for Craven. Do I think he's the best uh, best fit for that? Absolutely not. But I'm not super mad at it. I'll be straight up. That's my thoughts. <laughs> I don't think they need a solo f- film. I don't think every stinking Spider-Man character and villain needs a solo film. All right? Just like I don't think every DC character needs a solo show. DC, are you listening? So If you're, if you're I, watching I, the I, CW, then no, they're not. So I think, like, the, the, just, just put, him in, put him in a movie with Spider-Man, all right? Let's, let's do that. Let's just do uh, Craven's Last Hunt. Come on now. Let's just let's just go ahead and do that. No, but don't you want to delve into the deep backstory of Craven no, and no, how all ca- how he came to be and why he's such an <laughs> evil villain and I don't need I don't care I really don't <laughs> care. I, the only thing I care about is him fighting Spider Man. <laughs> That's all I care about. <laughs> hey, Biggin, how's it going? Welcome on in. What's up, Biggin? One of our mods give a shout out to Biggin for us. Um, 
But yeah, like, I... It's not that I'm against Aaron Taylor-Johnson as... as Craven. Like, I think he's a decent enough actor. Like, he's... He's a good, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. Yeah, he's a decent actor. It's not like a... It's not like it's a, the worst casting ever. But... There are so many other people you could have cast as Craven, first of all. Uh, agreed. Agreed. You don't crave this kingpin. No, Locke, no. Locke, go sit in the corner wow. for that joke. That was a bad wow. one. <laughs> just like me arguing. <laughs> that just sounds like me arguing about anything. That's yeah, hilarious. but Coop, you argue against stuff that's good. You know. Like, yeah, and Coop, I, I watched Greatest Showman right before this. Hey, Colorado Daisy, thank you so much for coming on in. I appreciate you stopping by. Welcome to the Comic Clan. This is the way. This is the way. So like, I'm not. There's just there's so many other people that could have played this role. Look at literally go do Craven fan casting. People have been fan casting since it was announced as a possibility, and yeah. pretty much any other choice they come up with is better than Aaron Taylor I, Johnson as the character. I, I think one of the beta, one of the greatest ones that I saw was Javier Bardem. 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 Whatever his name is. Uh, Javier <laughs> <Do I> Bardem. <laughs> That's the guy that I'm talking about. Do you want to change your mind on that again? Bardeem, 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 Bardeem. Bardeem or Bardem? I don't know. I don't know. But that guy. You know what I'm talking about. That dude. He's probably... He would be number one probably in my book. Yeah, look, there was a bunch of good choices to play Craven, And I'm like, I'm not against him. But it's like... One, like kind of like you said, why is there even going to be a Craven film as well? Like, why do we need this? Like, what's the storyline for it? Like... With Venom, you can kind of get away with it because at the very least, Venom became an anti-hero. He was a villain that became an anti-hero. He became super popular. They threw a whole bunch of villains at him using stuff like Toxin and Carnage and other symbiotes. Makes yeah. sense for a Venom film, so you can kind of get away with that. There is no like anti-hero thing for Kraven. He is just a bad guy. He doesn't have villains to face. He fights Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point because Venom has his own subset of like heroes and villains within his own story. But even still, like when when they announced the Venom movie, I'm like, why? Why are you we doing a solo Venom movie? Just put him in a movie with Spider-Man, and that will tell the story that needs to be told from a Venom perspective. Then, if that does well, let's add other stuff. When people talk about comic book burnout, comic book movie burnout, this is the type of crap that they're talking about. Like, let's do a movie for every single character that has ever existed and every single villain that's ever existed until we just melt the screens at movie theaters because yeah. we're showing so many movies you know what i'm saying yeah and because that's the thing it's like you can sometimes get away with it like in certain aspects like for example joker got away with it i was against a joker solo movie but the movie i i thoroughly enjoyed it um but at the same time it's yeah. like there's only I, you know in the back of your head kind of like what's happening with venom sony is pitching these as to test them for a franchise and i'm like they shouldn't be becoming franchises they're if you're going to do them like one off but yeah but i feel like in in jokers in, in jokers um what am i what am i trying to say favor that, that's not the word i'm looking for but um for joker that's like saying darth vader's going to get his own spin-off movie which he kind of already did but you know what i mean like he's a villain yeah he's getting his own movie <laughs> but, he's one movie. Of the best, but he's one of the best villains of all time as long as you like, don't you watch know what i'm the saying <laughs> He got three movies, all right? But um, 
like he's one of the best villains of all time and like the same with joker joker's probably one of the best i think one of the most um complex villains of all time so i think him getting his own solo movie makes makes sense they got away right? with it with joker but like the fact that they're talking oh we need to do a joker sequel no you don't don't touch it leave it alone you've set it up perfectly from where it goes from here you have to have him face batman or it doesn't make sense correct like if, even even in terms of the character, it doesn't make sense because I'm like his, he's so intrinsically tied. He's so obsessed with Batman. Like it doesn't make sense to do another. Like you're just making crap up and hoping it sticks to the wall now. And it's like it's it's not. You know, well, as yeah, much and- as much as Marvel gets a ripping for its movies, and I'm like at least it's cohesive. At least it's trying to stick to kind of comic book stories. It's not just like here's characters you've never heard of. Yeah. That we're going to just randomly make movies about like no at least they've got plans when they do that like guardians of the galaxy and ant-man are always the big examples nobody knew yeah. who they were and yeah. it's like you know what at least they had a plan for them they made Correct. them work in what they were doing they weren't just like hey let's see if this works like no they had a full thought out plan for it that's why they've got their like third movies coming out like in the next couple of years that's why they've appeared in like multiple movies of their own and avengers movies because there was a plan yeah and they didn't do a solo movie with drax a solo movie with star lord you know what i'm saying yeah. it was a group and i know they're a group in the comics but you know well so is craven craven's a group he's part of this and it's just six yeah which uh, is some which is actually which is another um interesting story that popped up this week but i'll get to that Interesting thing but, with Locke there talking about Joker, he just put up an interesting point. The only thing that you could make Joker a franchise is if you literally done different alternate like origin stories. And they like, could do like um what that do you would be interesting anthology? because like it's yeah, like that, an anthology because he says that in Killing Joke, doesn't he? He's like that. I prefer yeah. my origin to be multiple choice because he doesn't actually remember his origin. I'm like that'd be a great idea for a series. It would be kind of cool to have like an anthology Joker movie that that does that that shows all of his origins yeah. that would be, that'd be really sweet and absolutely I mean, and absolutely matt that new batman trailer looks awesome like give me that batman along with the joker we got from joaquin phoenix's joker and i'm like i'm i'm sold i'd yes. quite happily watch that agreed um i mean but I mean, as, as far as craven goes like i i think the same thing that i think about craven that i think about venom venom does not exist without spider-man craven does not exist without spider-man now he, he obviously he exists like he has his, he had his own like life and stuff like mm. that but like him as a character Spider-Man needs to be there in in my opinion for his character to make sense within the larger comic book universe I I think the same thing about Venom yeah. that's why I think the, the Venom movie fell flat um one of the big reasons <laughs> one yeah. of the many big reasons I'm gonna say that's got many reasons. Uh... <laughs> Chunk, I agree with you on that as well. I'm not a big fan of them doing the Black Widow movie now. I know it's been hyped for a long time, but I think they missed pulling the trigger on that. I think they waited yeah. too long, personally. But Definitely think it's five um, years too late. Um, but speaking of, like, we've talked about Craven there, so let's jump into another mm-hmm. piece of news that came out this week of them. Pretty much like, talking about the upcoming Spider-Man movies, they've kind of hinted at it already, but the Spider-Man uh, No Way Home yeah, is supposed to be hinting that the villains for it is going to be a multiversal Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. The roster is supposed to include. Make sure I get everybody here. Is meant to be Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, okay. uh, Alfred Molina's Doctor Octopus. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is meant to be in it? We're going to be getting uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro. Mm-hmm. Who else was that? I think there's talk of Reese Evans as Lizard coming back. Okay. And I'm trying to remember who the other two they said were. Uh, Paul Giamatti's Rhino was apparently rumoured. 
Who is? Oh, Paul Giamatti still? Okay. Yeah, Rhino and... I can't remember who the sixth one was. A Sandman, I think it might have been. Okay. From Spider-Man 3. So it's literally like villains from the previous Spider-Man franchises coming together from a multiversal standpoint um, to come together. And the No Way Home, apparently the rumour is that that's meant to be relating to them, not Spider-Man. Right. That they basically are leaving their universes basically looking for something new. So, first things first. I feel like I need to address the chat because Bing, Big Ian is dropping some truth. Joaquin Phoenix is 1,000% better as Joker than Jared Leto. No argument. No question about it. Uh, thoughts on the Loki series? I'm excited about it. I want to see where they go with it. It looks super interesting. I'm excited. I'm reserving judgment on it just because yeah. like, I had thoughts on one division and then the show went in completely directions I mm-hmm. didn't expect. So like, I want to wait and see Loki before I make a final call on it because like, this show is probably going to go places I never thought about. Um, Rhino, I don't know if I want to recast Rhino because I love Paul Giamatti. I just feel like they need a redesign on Rhino. Um, I like Paul Giamatti. I just think he didn't get anything to work with. I agree. I agree. That that whole movie sucked, but that's just another story. Um, all right. So as far here's my thoughts. Here's my thoughts on the movie. Here's what I think is going to happen, and I don't know why they're so vehemently denying that Tobey Maguire and um, Andrew Garfield are in it when they so clearly are. Um, here's what I think is going to happen. Some, somehow, uh, a multi-dimensional portal is going to get opened up, and all these villains from all these different timelines are going to come in, mm. and it's going to take more than... Um, what's his face? The dude who plays the Spider-Man now. What's his face? What's Tom his Holland? Name? Yeah, Tom Holland to beat him, and he's going to have to pull in Spider-Mans from the other universes. It's just going to be this huge, epic movie. Uh, that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the villains, man. I was not a huge fan of Jamie Foxx's Electro. Uh, I was okay with the Lizard. Um, not 100% with that. Um, Sandman, I felt like that was really kitschy, in, in my opinion. Um, I, if they don't bring back Michael Keaton as the Vulture, that's a huge drop, in my opinion. Uh, a huge loss. Yeah, which, um, which would be a nice little thing to tie everything together as well. actually have one of the villains from the current run. Because yeah. that's my big thing as well, is like the apparently they're setting up for the Sinister Six for this mm-hmm. but they were clearly setting up the Sinister Six in the current universe mm-hmm. because we had Vulture, we had Mysterio who's dead Like I still yeah. don't believe he's fully dead, I think he's going to show up again yeah. um, we had Scorpion set up, Matt Gargan was one of the thugs that was in the mm-hmm. first Spider-Man uh, Homecoming Like we were clearly setting up for a Sinister Six sort of situation yeah, in the current universe, it just doesn't make sense to like start setting that up and then go. Oh yeah, we're just going to go into the multiverse for the whole six. I'm like, maybe for a couple of members. Yeah, like and have a couple of members. Like maybe not set up Scorpion, but you've at least got Vulture there. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see freaking Mysterio back. I thought he was a great idea for a villain. Yeah, I'd right. love so to see got... those. So yeah, uh, so in into the chat, Doc Ock was amazing. Um, Alfred uh, Molina, legend. Love that Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, Alright, as far as ratings of the Jokers, uh, I for me, I think Ledger and Phoenix are are almost tied in my in my opinion. I know people mm-hmm. differ, but in my opinion, I think they're diff- they're almost tied and for different reasons, I think. I like I like one for different reasons than the other. Uh, I really like Jack Nicholson as a Joker. I know it's a different type of Joker, but I really, really like him as Joker. And I agree Joss's Joss's version of Leto or yeah. the um or whatever the Suicide Squad version of of the Joker was is just the bottom of the barrel for me. 
Yeah. But for that, chat's popping off here. I can barely keep up with yeah. it. But yeah, in terms of Jokers, like I, I kind of agree with Locke. My Joker's always going to be Mark Hamill's Joker. Yeah. He just personifies that character. Like, he never played him live action. You know, mm-hmm. it's like... The closest we ever got to him doing live action was when he played Trickster in the CW Flash show, which if you watch his mm-hmm. episodes of that, he's just playing Joker. Um, yeah. But kind of like with what Nitro said, like, I... Ledger and Phoenix are very are very even for me. It's hard for me to pick one over the other because both their styles of Joker are very different. Mm-hmm. Um but yet so similar at the same time. So Yeah. Um but yeah, Leto's is definitely down. Even the one that's in Zack Snyder's Justice League, like it's better, but I'm like you're still so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Annoying. Annoying is the right <laughs> word for that. Um and yeah, big in for the Spider-Man, they definitely hint heavy at multiverse stuff. They've been hinting at multiverse for a while now with the stuff of doing it with One Division now. They've, ever since he announced Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, they've been hinting that multiverse stuff is coming. So, and Spider-Man, they did heavily hint at that. I just think they were setting up stuff in their own universe as well, so you don't want to lose one over the other. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I I only want to see them bring all these characters together from the previous Spider-Man stuff if they've got a good enough story for it. Yeah. Yes, agreed. I don't want to see them force all this stuff together, and I don't want it to be a case of like getting asses in seats. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want it to be a case of like that. Oh, if we bring all these previous Spider-Man things together, I'll get butts in seats for a Marvel movie, and it's like because Marvel doesn't need that. Marvel doesn't Do need the gimmick to get people into seats. You know, it's like so. I want the story to be good for it because. I'm not going to lie, like, this multiverse thing, it's like, oh, we could do all of this. Do you know what? I'd have settled for a much smaller Spider-Man movie. I, you know what would have got me even more hyped? And I've said it a million times on this show. Give me Kingpin. Give oh, me D'Onofrio's Kingpin. Vince D'Onofrio. Nobody else. Give me D'Onofrio's Kingpin and give me him putting together an in-world Sinister Six to go after him and him being the person pulling them together. And I'll I'll be happy. That I would be happy with that. Yeah. Um. So, so, yeah. so so chat's so, kind of popping off i want to kind of wrap up this one because sure. this is going way <laughs> into yeah. more stuff and we we have a comic to talk about today as well um so any last thoughts then on the multiverse stuff and the multiversal sinister six i'm excited man um i don't know how they're going to fit all this into one movie because it, it's going to be a ginormous movie um, but I'm really excited about it. I I, I, w- I definitely want to hear more. I want to n- understand more where the movie's coming from. So I'll, I'll be I'll be excited <laughs> to see when they re- finally release a trailer. Yeah. For it, because um, it's coming out later this year, obviously. Yeah, it's coming at the so, end of the year, so we should hopefully be getting a trailer some point during the summer. I would imagine. Yeah, I, I would think. I would think at least with Black Widow next month, right? So. Yeah. Oh, you would think so, but you know. Uh, Eternals. What are you gonna do? Yeah, which we did get a trailer for that though. We finally got a we trailer did. for Eternals. We did. Okay. Let's, okay, we don't have time to delve into it too deep, but thoughts on the Eternals trailer? Because I know you've been crying out for this trailer for like a year. I know we got a lot of mixed reactions. A lot of people in our, in our Discord weren't, weren't huge fans. I thought it was awesome. Uh, I thought the cinematography was awesome. I love the music. Um, so, But we'll see. Like, it didn't show a lot. So I thought um, it looked like Inhumans. See, I didn't think it looked that bad. I didn't think it looked bad at all. I thought Inhumans was awful. So Inhumans is awful. That's my point. That's, I don't think it looked visually similar to Inhumans, though. Is what no, I, I mean, I, I don't think it looks visually similar. I think it's got a budget, so it at least looks decent. But, like, I think everything in it just made me think of the Inhumans trailer. And mm-hmm. let me put it this right. way. I was hyped for the Inhumans trailer when it first dropped, and I know what we got from that. 
I was yeah. not excited for Eternals. Like, I was apprehensively positive on it. And I mm. saw the trailer, and I'm like, it's of all the trailers, I'm like, of all the things I'm expecting, all the announcements they made, I am not hyped for Eternals. Like, I'm not like, yeah, come on, Eternals is going to be amazing. Like, yeah, I'm not feeling that. I'm more, yeah. right now, like, I'm more excited for the shows than I am for the movies mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, like I, I, I'll be honest. I think Eternals is probably one of my top movies. I'm, I'm, I'm psyched for outside of Spider Man and Doctor yeah. Strange, obviously. Um, no, but then again, three. but then again, that's comics though. It's like there's characters yeah. like that we'll get excited about. Other people don't. Like I might, you might yeah. love Eternals. I might hate it. It's like that's the same in the comic book world. Like if you like the comic, get it. If you don't, well, someone mm-hmm. else. It's for someone else. You know, it's a. Whereas I heard someone describe it as it's kind of like a, you know, it's like going to see the circus, like you might like the acrobats and hate the clowns, but someone else think the clowns are hysterical, you know, it's, yeah, it's, there's something for everyone, that's kind of the point. Agreed. Um, so, last couple of things I wanted to hit on for news-wise before we delve into our comic were DC News. Uh, mm-hmm. This one, there's not a lot to talk about on it, just the fact the announcement was made is that we are getting an Injustice Gods Among Us animated movie. Long overdue long overdue for this series for a series that the game was decently okay like for what was basically a fighting game the dc released mm-hmm. if you've never read the injustice comics you're 100 percent missing out on one of the greatest comics that you will read from dc mm-hmm. it is one of my favorite dc comics that has ever been released the injustice stuff they are so freaking good the storyline is so amazing, so them doing an animated movie has got me hyped. Yeah. I'm excited for it. So I've never read Injustice, uh, full disclosure, I know, full disclosure, because uh, I was more of a Marvel person growing up. Um, but I am hyped for this, man. Uh, DC crushes their animated movies. Yeah, so they usually um, do, so like this, is, yeah. this has got the potential to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got nothing else on it yet. We don't know who's making it. We don't have a release date. We just have the announcement of that they are making it. So we are hyped for that. Um, other big announcement from DC and our last bit of news we're going to jump into. There's some other stuff, but we don't need to delve into it now because I want to get into our book. Uh, yeah, the games are good. The storylines in the games are awesome as well. They're they're fun. If you like fighting games, they're good. They're decent yeah. stuff. Um, but the other one was that Jenna Coleman best known to the geek community for her role as Clara Oswald in Doctor Who is actually going to be showing up in the upcoming Sandman show which I found very interesting this casting announcement coming up because they're announcing this cast member like literally a month before the show drops the show drops on Netflix next month yeah well not even next month I didn't know that yeah it's like in June or something it's like mid-June or something so it's not even a month it's a couple of weeks Um, Sandman if anyone doesn't know is like if you're a comic fan, you've heard of Sandman. It's one of the most heralded comics of, like, technically indie, but it's from DC Vertical Line, so it's, like, it's indie, yeah. but DC own it. But yeah. from the writer Neil Gaiman, phenomenal uh, writer on Supernatural, on uh, the sort of fantasy sort of style of books. Um, American Gods. Yeah, does American Gods. He done, if you are friends with One Geek 411, they just did a Neil Gaiman book as their um, book club recently. Um, this guy is phenomenal and uh, he wrote, if you've ever seen the movie Coraline, he wrote the book of Coraline that that was based on. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, that comes from him. So, like, but this is, like, what he is known for. In the comic world, if you know Neil Gaiman, it's because of Sandman. And it's a series basically following the beings of 
these higher beings that control all these um, emotions and things going on in the world. It's like I've personally I've never read Sandman, and that's probably discrediting to me. Maybe it's something we'll eventually cover on. I haven't either. Indie so. Comic Book Club. Yeah. Um, but the book is held as one of the best comics ever written, pretty much. Um, it's the equivalent of like reading something like Watchmen or The Dark Knight Returns. It's, it's up mm-hmm. there in the top comics of all time, sort of lists. Yeah. Um, and Jenna Coleman has been announced in the cast as Joanna Constantine. Which, which when you announced that, well, when it was announced first, it said John Constantine, and I kind of threw up. Threw up a red flag. I'm like, wait, why? Are we, why are we recasting John Constantine as a woman? Well, it wasn't even. <laughs> well, it was even John Constantine. It just says Jenna Coleman cast as Constantine. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. But I had a picture of her next to John Constantine's character. Yeah. And like, and they said, oh, she's playing Joanna Constantine. So it was very heavily hinting that it was John Constantine, but the yeah. character had been gender flipped to female. Mm-hmm. And you and I kind of had the conversation of like, well, why are we gender flipping why? it? And I think. Part of why it hit us so hard is because like somebody like Matt Ryan, who's basically just been playing John Constantine for so mm-hmm. long, um, on the CW recently, but also like in the animated movies he's played him in his own series for the season that lasted. Mm-hmm. Um uh, yeah, look, it's been on a must read. It's one that I've got in my must read that I definitely need to check out at some point. So I think maybe we will do it, maybe. I don't know if we'll get it to this year, but we'll definitely get to Sandman and our indie comic book club, I think. This one I think we'll definitely need to look into. Cool. Um, but yes, but apparently it's not John Constantine. It's one of his ancestors, Joanna Constantine, who's actually a character within the comics. Okay. Um, or at least it's referenced in the comics. I don't know a great deal of Constantine's history on it. I haven't revived Constantine's solo show with her. Pop- yeah, I'm surprised he didn't as well, to be honest, Locke. Um, but yeah, so like he's she's going to be playing. Joanna Constantine. I don't know exactly how that's going to be portrayed in the show. I don't know how that's going to fit in with Sandman. As far as I'm aware, like I knew Constantine had like a connection to those characters and kind of like the vertigo side of things of like over there. Mm-hmm. And there was a little bit of a link, but what kind of role she's going to play in this, I don't know. But it's yeah. interesting to see her cast in it, and there's going to be a Constantine s character actually mm-hmm. in the show. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I remember when we did the the Square Go and we had Constantine. I I knew nothing, yeah. nothing about Constantine, and, and I knew you were a huge fan. So the the research that I had to do leading up to that, I'm like, this dude is awesome. Yeah, he's so a, it'll, it'll he's a great it'll character. Really cool. He's yeah. one of those great characters. Like if you like characters with the tortured past with a lot of depth to him, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. I don't know how much Joanna's going to play into that similar state, but I can imagine yeah. like family traits that sort of stuff probably yeah. carries yeah. through. Um, there's got to be a genetic quality to it at some point <laughs> but it's definitely worth like DC, uh, Netflix has been dropping a lot of like comic book shows recently mm-hmm. um, so I'm intrigued to see where this one goes and to check it out I'll definitely be checking out the Sandman show to see what it's like um, yeah. I don't know if we'll do a show maybe we'll do a show talking about it depending on like, if we feel like we want to do a big in-depth to it yeah. Um, if not, we'll probably post our thoughts on the Discord and stuff, kind of like okay. what I did with like Jupiter's Legacy. I posted like a yeah. little bit of thought on it, but we never really thought it was worth us like delving into it in an actual show. Yeah, you know, sort of thing. So like, so same thing with this. We'll probably check it out. We'll maybe do a show on it, but we'll see. Yeah, if we want to, we will. If not, yeah. we'll just post our thoughts on Discord. <laughs> yeah. If you guys really want to hear us talk about it and get involved in the yeah. conversation, let us know. Like, if you really want to, we'll check it out and talk about it. But we'll see how we feel with the show like if i get through the first couple of episodes i'm like this is a lot of crap like i'm not going to waste an episode of the podcast talking about it 
Yeah. Um, but yeah. But I think that's us for our news pretty much for today. Sweet. Um, so we are going to jump ahead into our actual indie comic book club for today. Talking about, as we said, Spencer and Locke. This is part one of a part of a two-parter that we're doing um, with the podcast. As next week on the show, we'll be talking to David Peppos, the writer of Spencer and Locke. So we're going to be delving into this book and then we're going to get a chance to speak to the man himself talking about not just Spencer and Locke, but his other projects that he's got going on just now. Um, yeah. We're reading through his most recent release, uh, Scout's Honor, which we've got a copy of it here. Um, so Scout's Honor, we picked up the issue, some issues of Scout's Honor. Um, I've been checking those out. I've read the first three issues of that so far. I've still got this issues four and five to go. and I've, I've Honestly, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Been a really I'm interesting not ready read. yet, but I'm definitely reading it before the show. So. Yeah, it's like, but it's been a really, really interesting read. So like, I'm excited to talk to him about that. And then he's also got some more projects coming up, um, including like Grand Theft Astro, uh, the OZ, a weird military take on the Wizard of Oz. Dude, that's so cool. I love um, how his brain works as yeah. far as how these stories are developed. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, I, I was looking into it today for Spencer and Locke. They actually did, um, at the end of 2019, announce Spencer and Locke 3. And nice. So that's already a Spencer and Locke 2. So the guy's got a good few things on his plate that we'll get a chance to talk to him about. But today is 100% going to be talking on the first book, Spencer and Locke. Um, yes. Before we do that, let me do a special shout-out for our sponsor, just as a good transition point. Uh, sponsor of the show right below me here you'll see Gamer Grind Co the number one coffee for gamers and um, they've been a sponsor of the channel for a long time now if you want to get some absolutely amazing coffee and get hashtag on that grind use the code comics in the cross at checkout click that link in the chat and go and get yourself some amazing coffee and um, I've been drinking it pretty much for a year almost now pretty much getting it delivered straight to my house um, absolutely phenomenal coffee, multiple different flavors, blends, uh, roasts, whatever you like. They've got a coffee that works for you. Um, so go ahead, check it out, and use Comics in the Cross, save 5% at checkout. All right, so we are going to delve into some Spencer and Locke. Um, guys in the chat, you can just listen. You can dive in with questions at any point about stuff whatever you want for this and um, so get involved as much as you want or need to guys so nitro yeah i was the one that came yes, sir. with spencer and Locke. i was the one that brought it forward as the one to talk about it, this has been on my indie comic book club list pretty much since i decided this is something we should be doing on the show and um, spencer and Locke was one of those books i had on this list for a while this was a completely new thing to you that i threw at you mm -hmm. was to do spencer and Locke. so what were your thoughts coming into it then? Like when I told you we were going to be doing Spencer and Locke, when I pitched you the idea of what Spencer and Locke was, what were your initial thoughts coming into this? All right, so I feel like you guys need to know a little bit about my background. I don't, I don't really like. I haven't. Shoot, let me restart. <laughs> I haven't read a lot of indie comics. Nato is hyped like most, today. He is so hyped. <laughs> most of my comic experience is not necessarily the mainstream comics, but like superhero mainstream comics centric mainstream comics okay there we go um so marvel since i've since i've met cross like several years ago what has it been like six seven years maybe yeah Five, something like years? that so, yeah about so, six years i think yeah because it was like a yeah. year or so since i came here so yeah yeah so he's he's 
introduced me to the wild world wild wild shoot (laughs) (laughs) the the big world of of indie comics so i didn't i didn't really have any thoughts going into it honestly i liked your tagline it's like what if calvin and hobbs (laughs) what if they grew up and um and and hobbs was like a grizzled detective yeah became like a (laughs) great partner gritty noir detective and then still had an imaginary friend it's like yeah yeah that's pretty much that's that's a really cool concept and i dig skewed takes on like you know existing (laughs) type of types of narratives the wild white wide world of vocabulary yes dude i'm tripping all over my words today see if you have gamer green coffee and drink constant (laughs) amounts of it you can be as hyped as nitro is right now um but as always like whenever i'm looking at a comic or whenever i pick up a comic and cross you know this i always come at it from the art side Mm. so like like i normally pick comics for the art it it just is what it is whereas other people would pick it oh this is a great story but the art is awesome too like different you know it's just a different perspective so i was very interested to see how he visually told the story and i was very pleasantly surprised like a lot of indie comics that i've come across at least um i feel like the art is not necessarily an afterthought but it's an afterthought you know like it, it's not used to enhance the story. It's just there to tell the story, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where I, I think with this, and this is this is a testament to um, Dave Propose's writing, in addition to the art. But the way that he tells the story and the way that that visually comes across was awesome. Because, you know, a lot of times you hear noir, you hear detective, you hear gritty, you think it's just dark, muted, all that stuff. But look, man. The colors in this book yeah, are crazy. It's actually fairly crazy. bright and colorful. Like, I randomly opened to that page, you know? And, you know, and the, the book is filled with just the colors in this book, the the layouts, the panels. It's, the way it, it's, it's weird it's because stunning. it's colorful and it's dark at the same time. Exactly. It's exactly. like you keep that noir feel, but yet there is so much color in this book. I'm like, it's massive shout out to um jose santiago jr who's the artist on the book and um, he yes. did a phenomenal job with this he he absolutely killed this book completely <laughs> yeah don't make fun of me i will delete that file because <laughs> a chunk if you won that picture it's like don't pick on nitro today man um but i, I feel like wait till so i guess in the cool. mail at least <laughs> it was a super cool take on a detective story uh i read it in one shot with my son telling me he wants to watch Blippy, and I'm like, no, no, I gotta finish this. <laughs> uh, it was it was such a good it was such a good um, read, uh, and I I feel like the art is the perfect accompaniment to the story. So I, I really liked it, man. It dealt yeah. with some really heavy stuff, um, but I really liked it. Yeah, like I I heard about this book a couple of years ago when it first came out. So this book's been out since I want to say 2017, 2018. So it's been out for a few years now. Because uh, anyone who doesn't know has actually already got a sequel out, as I kind of mentioned. Like, Log and Spencer 2 has already been out as well for a little bit, and number three's on the way. Um, so I'd heard about it, and it's like, I'd heard about it... It was actually off of a YouTuber who was doing, like, his top 100 comics of the year sort of thing. He does, like, a big countdown of some of the best comics. And it's one of my favourite ones to watch, because he opens my eyes up to, like, hey, there's some really cool indie comics out there that you've never heard of. Yeah, and this was one of them. I'd never heard of David Pepos before this book. I had never heard of Spencer and Log. I'd never, never crossed my mind to yeah check this out. Um, and he was the one that really um, pitched it in his video and like really got my attention up for it. 
and um, just because like it was such an intriguing story because it it literally takes what is a fun little comic strip of calvin and Hobbes, you know and that is the basis of it and even like speaking of the art like there are so many flashbacks in the story like the artwork like when the flashbacks is literally like calvin and Hobbes. yeah so this is one of the first panels yeah this is the first page like it literally opens up all yeah. into like a style of calvin and Hobbes looking artwork and then so, it quickly goes dark yeah yeah we'll get into that don't worry that it goes dark before you even get off the first page um but yeah so it really takes that inspiration from that so like and i i'm speaking to someone who never grew up with calvin and hobbs calvin and hobbs was kind of there in the uk but in scotland like we never really had it it wasn't as prevalent as it was here like everyone like yeah. kind of knows calvin and hobbs here in the states like it wasn't as prevalent a thing, so like I I knew bits and pieces of Calvin and Hobbes. I knew like some other stuff, but not drastically. Mm -hmm. But to see someone taking that story and basically taking what is a kid playing with his imaginary friend, and taking it to well, what happened if he grew up and became a police detective, mm -hmm. and he still had that imaginary friend. So you just by doing that, just by aging him up, you've all yeah. of a sudden changed this concept of. <clears throat> A fun kid playing with his imaginary friend too he's got a mental health problem mm -hmm. because you should not be like in your 20s and 30s and still talking to an imaginary panther yeah yeah you know what i mean it's like it's it, just that alone was like boom switch this yep. it just flips it right on its head just by that concept and i'm like and then the concept of like oh yeah he's a police detective and he's as far as he's concerned spencer the the panther as his partner yeah not just like as his friend that he can see like no he's literally his partner and it's literally mm -hmm. like a a kind of like a buddy cop noir to a certain extent because the two of them are playing off each other mm -hmm. but at all times you are aware spencer isn't there it's in his freaking head yeah and not only is it in his head but like he's literally still carrying this stuffed panther with him so it's not even like a, he's just imagining him he's actually taking this stuffed toy um, and we get into the reasons of why he does that, and we'll get into that as we get into the story. Like, I think it becomes very clear why that's taking place. But that alone was like, I need to read this book. Yeah. Well, I, need, I um, need to see what is happening in this story, why this is, you know? Mm -hmm. So, sorry, Locke in the chat said it kind of reminded him of the Chris Maloney show, Happy Locke. I thought the same exact thing. Yeah. He, he hallucinated the talking unicorn difference between imagination and adult mental illness yeah absolutely that's exactly what it's like it's like it, it changes everything just by having him be older i gotta go and meet up with my mom see you boys hey, tonight. no worries man have a good night take care bro um but yeah look can you do a shout out for co-op trio since he's heading out um but yeah so like i i've been intrigued with this book this has been on my list when we started doing indie comic book club this was one I'm like I have to read this. This is this is the perfect opportunity. I've never had the chance to actually pick it up. This is the mm -hmm. chance to grab it. This yeah. is a chance to delve into it and to delve into the story, to delve into the the concept and see what's actually happening in here. And man, I was blown away. Yeah, I was blown away. And I said it to you before we came on stream, and we're going to get into the ins and outs of it. This legitimately might be one of my favorite comics I've ever read. Yeah, like legitimately, like I was completely engrossed with a story. 
Um, so we're going to delve a little bit deeper into some of this stuff. Um, shout out to anyone as well who's watching that uh, prefers the family friendly stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, going to Spencer Unlock, there is a lot of dark stuff in this. Yeah. But it's it's part of the story. Like There's, there's hinted at nudity, but we don't actually ever get any nudity. Mm -hmm. There's cussing a few times throughout the book. Uh, hey, I'm not prepared. How is it going? Welcome on in. Look, can you do a shout out for One Geek 411? I am not prepared, of course. One of the One Geek crew popping in. Thank you so much for stopping by. Um, so yeah, there's there's hinted at nudity, but you don't actually see anything. There's cussing a couple of times throughout it. There's a few moments of kind of intense violence. But most of it is, is very much the dark themes um, that come out through this book. And we'll get into that as we... <laughs> That's like the best clip ever to play. <laughs> One Geek 411. Thank you for joining. <laughs> this will be starting soon. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. That's like the best clip they could have played from that. Um, but yeah, so we're going to delve into this and I'm going to um, delve into the story of this and yeah, just be prepared if you're not one a fan of really dark stuff. This is going to get really dark at points. Yeah. Like, literally from the first page. Mm -hmm. Like, it sets up like it's a nice, normal, like, Calvin and Hobbes-esque story, and then by the end of the first page, it like, completely goes off the rails. Um, so, do you want to just delve into issue one, then? And start yeah, yeah, let's the do story? it. Just go for it? Let's do it. Yep. Alright, so, do you want to take on issue one? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Because um, I've been talking for a little bit, so... Give yeah, me. not a problem. Because I will just keep talking if I don't stop myself. <laughs> I will just keep going. Alright, so the story starts off, again, it starts off with this Calvin and Hobbes-esque comic strip. Um, and it shows Locke, who's the little boy, who's the little kid, playing with Spencer, who is his imaginary panther friend. Well, we don't know. We assume it's imaginary, but we do not know that at this time. Mm -hmm. um, they're playing, he's using his imagination to play, then all of a sudden you hear or you see visually someone screaming lock and then the next the next couple panels show his mom just beating the brakes off of him yeah. like physical abuse and then it like next page cuts present day they're at a crime scene lock and spencer side by side investigating a death of this young girl who we now know due to this internal monologue which i know i talked to you about this cross earlier dave proposed has this really cool way of getting exposition out without it feeling like, like exposition. Mm -hmm. He does this internal monologue, which is visually different than the dialogue in the, in the actual, the actual dialogue. It's yeah. like these torn, torn pieces of paper. It looks like he's almost like as if he's taking notes on this yeah. stuff and we're reading the notes exactly. he's taking. It's, it's a really interesting way of doing the internal monologue. I felt. Yeah. So we have this internal monologue with Locke. He's talking about this girl who they're, 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 they're looking over the body and he, he knows her. Her name is Sophie. He grew up with her. They had the, a childhood, like, puppy love type thing. Um, and then you see Spencer getting ready to do his detective work. He's putting on the gloves. He's sniffing the blood. And then, you know, uh, so you, you, get the, you, get the, you get the feeling that they are a, a detective team. They're a partners. They're a partner team, right? They're, they're two detectives. You don't know that it's an imaginary friend yet. And, and by the way, spoilers. We're gonna get into some heavy spoilers if you want. Oh to yeah, read we're it. going. This this is any comic book club. If you've watched this show at all, we get into spoilers of the comic. We go through it and talk about our thoughts on it. If you don't want to be spoiled on Spencer Unlock, one hundred percent, go pick this up for yourself. 
it's definitely yeah. worth reading even if you stay with us i would recommend picking us up for your comic library it's it's worth checking out yeah so the next shot shows them they're kind of in a they're in a diner so they're talking can i just about before we cave. get into the diner can i just show yeah, yeah. this page off by the way yes yes can i just show this art off like look at that that's your selling point right there that just looks yes. I, I want that as a poster that's sweet. yes that's so cool Sorry, I just seen that as I was fucking over there. No, it's all good. I'm going to show some panels too as we come across them, so it's all good, man. Um, but the next the next couple pages, they're, they're, they're shown at a diner, and you can see him. He's he, Locke is across the table talking with Spencer. They're talking about the case. <laughs> Funny. The waitress comes up and is like, who are you talking to? And then it, shoots, it looks back over to Locke, and he's sitting across the table from a stuffed child's toy panther. And one, a couple cool, a couple cool visual details uh, that that are really cool. Um, so when Spencer and Locke are talking towards the top of this page, the cross is holding up. You look at Spencer; his tie is kind of shorter than a normal tie. He has a button for an eye, so you're like, okay, something's off here. He's yeah. drinking an apple juice. Well, I'd like to point that out as well. Just saying, like with the button for the eye, it's like at this point you could think this is just a world where humans mix with anthropomorphic animals exactly exactly but it isn't until this panel is the first time we see his left eye is in shadow for the rest of it yeah and that's the first time we see it and that we see he actually has a button for an eye. yeah so now we're it's revealed that why is that being held a stupid auto mod it literally held it because he said late in food and i'm like what <laughs> um so obviously it's revealed now that okay so spencer is Locke's imaginary friend okay what's that all about so that's basically what the what a big portion of the of the rest of the story is about so um it goes on so they're 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 starting to investigate this murder of Locke's childhood friend sophie and they go to the school where she worked and they start talking with the principal um and they get some good leads principal like scab tree I just have to say that name, Principal Scab can you, Tree. Can you show the picture of her? Um, oh, the, the one I had popping pills, this one. <laughs> Look at this woman. Look. So she's obviously got a nervous disposition. She's popping stomach pills. Um, and it does a little flashback at the bottom of that page to where it just she's always been just a craggy old lady. Um, yeah, a lot of so, the, the picture here of him like he's a little boy in school, and she looks exactly the same. She looks just yeah, like she exactly the same. <laughs> Another cool element. I'm sorry, I want to go back to that panel. If you can keep that up, cross. Another cool element is like you can see in the middle of the page where they have the current day drawing of Miss Miss Scatry. Super detailed, super you know, super colorful. But they drop down to the flashback. It's that Cal Cal Calvin and Hobbes style like comic strip type stuff and i i love the distinction in that yeah sorry that's a little side note no no worries no worries man uh so they continue they're still doing the investigation of sophie's murder so they go to visit her mom um and this is when you kind of start learning some of the backstory of 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 Locke and sophie and and, ha and how close they were um so uh, sophie's mom kind of lets them into the house lets them kind of start looking through her things uh and then they hear something in the closet and they find Sophie's daughter, whose name is Hero. Um, her mom named her after someone in a book, basically. Um, so superhero. Um, one of so when this panel happened. All right. So this is this is this is what I'm talking about. I feel like this book this book has heart. Like a lot of books lack heart. This book packed heart because I remember reading through this portion of the book and I came across this panel and like I audibly made a noise. 
because the panel affected me so much. So as as a dad, for those of you who are dads, you can um, kind of hopefully relate to this. So they find the little girl. She's obviously scared. She's clutching her pink bunny. So Locke gets down at her eye level, and he starts talking to her. And he goes, hey, I want to introduce you to somebody. And he holds up his stuffed animal, Spencer. And he goes, he's a cop, just like me. And the next panel you see, because he's holding up the stuffed animal, and the next picture you see is her. She's hugging Spencer as the cop. And she goes, he's beautiful. And then Spencer goes right back at you, kid. Dude, it was like, it hit me in the gut, dude. It was awesome. Yeah, it, It's so cool. So basically, um, what, they're, what they're saying, what, or what Dave proposed, I think is saying without saying is, this imaginary friendship is now extending to this girl, who we later find out, again, spoilers, is Locke's daughter. Because him and Sophie yeah. had Hero. That's Locke's daughter. And it's not, we don't it's, know it. it's not even like a, a spoiler for the end of the book. It gets hinted yeah. at at the end of the first issue. Like, it's, it's, it's hinted at in a roundabout way, and it's like, okay, that makes sense then. Yeah. So, um, Locke starts asking her some, some questions. Basically, do you know anything about the, the night that your mom was killed? But he didn't ask that, but basically that's what he's asking. And then Sophie, or I'm sorry, Hero drops a name, Stanley. We flash back. Stanley was a bully in, in school to Locke, um, and Locke bit off his ear <laughs> in school. So he knows exactly who Stanley is. Um, so they go to visit Stanley. Oh, that's cool. Locke, I didn't know that. Sorry, Locke just put in, Susie stuffed animal in Calvin and Hobbes was a brown rabbit named Mr. Bun. Oh, Interesting dude, to see that cool. continued in parallels. Yeah, because that's what um, Hero carries. She's got a pink bunny that she keeps with her. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. So, yeah, I never yeah. read Calvin and Hobbes either, honestly. Um, all right, so they go to visit the place where Stanley works, which is an old barbershop, which is, which is important because I think um, Spencer deduced that the weapon that Sophie was killed with was a straight razor that he said smelled like... Um, I think it was like sandalwood like or something barber like that. Shop. It was like old yeah. barberwood, sort of like yeah. cologne sort of smell to it that you would get at yeah. a barbershop. So now they have two pieces of the puzzle. They have possibly a weapon at this place, and they have a name. So they go to visit Stanley at an old barbershop. They're snooping around, and they find some drugs under a floorboard. And then all of a sudden, this dude, this huge dude, which this is one of my favorite visual panels in, in the comic. I just think this is so cool looking. Like, this is side portion of Spencer yelling for Locke to look out, and he's about to get hammered. So, so Stanley comes out of nowhere, and him and Locke start fighting. Um... And then, you know, Locke kind of gets the better part of him, shoves a cigar- cigarette in his ear. <laughs> and then he basically interrogates him until, uh, until he gets him, gives him some information. Uh, and that whole sequence is really cool. This is like classic comic book, like fighting type stuff. Yeah, it's a really well laid out uh, fight scene as well between Stanley and Locke. Yes, agreed. <laughs> I do love the um, fact that like, after he knocks out Stanley, though, he turns to Spencer and goes, where the hell were you? <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> He said, what can I say? I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> so it's funny, like, they just drop dimes of humor in that, that kind of alleviates a lot of the tension. I think it's it's a perf- it's perfectly used. Because there is humor in this. It's not too much, and it's at, it's at the perfect time. Yeah, it's used well to just alleviate the situation and make sure it's not too dark. Like, it, it knows how it balance the dark and the light pretty well. Yeah. So, um, he gives... Um, oh, we're not there yet. So... Um, then it, it cuts to back back to Sophie's mom's house, and this this is probably one I one of the coolest 
not coolest in terms of content, but coolest in terms of how it's done, uh, I think, in the whole book. So you have this overlay of the song You Are My Only Sunshine. So I don't know if you can see that. So You Are My Sunshine. So obviously Hero is wearing some, wearing some headphones, and she, she's listening to that song. So it goes from shot to outside the house to a silhouette of a guy to a tire. Meanwhile, this song is still going on. You Are My Sunshine, My Only Sunshine. You Make Me Happy. Yeah. The skies are gray. And then at the very end, you see the silhouette of a man in glasses say now. And then the next shot is just people just unloading on that yeah, house. Just chaos. It's so, it's so, the way that he laid that out, because that's, that's writing. That's, that's like 90% writing, but the art is just, again, the perfect accompaniment to that. It's, it's so cool the way they did that. Um, so in the ensuing chaos, Sophie's mom gets killed, and this guy, and the silhouette glasses, we're going to call him glasses, <laughs> he, uh, we find out his name is Augustus Locke, so he's Locke's dad. Yeah. So he's he's Hero's grandfather, and then the dime drops. That's the end of this. That's the end of that. Well, yeah, because he hints that it Locke. This is the first time we get that Locke is Hero's dad because he says the name's Locke, Augustus Locke. So automatically we're thinking, okay, so this is Locke's dad. And he yeah. says, But you can call me Grandpa. Yeah. So like, that's and the that's first the end. like hint of, okay, so this is Locke's kid then. Yeah. And that's the end of issue one. Yeah. So a lot happens in issue one. It totally sets the tone. Uh, of like slight humor very dark um it, and the art again is just phenomenal yeah you want to pick it up in issue two yeah i can take over issue two i okay. can hope this gets turned into like an hbo max animated series that would actually be really cool look that would be kind of cool um so we start off in issue two then Um we pick up each issue kind of starts the same like we pick up with a little bit of the a look into Locke's past um, and this is our introduction to the character Ramona, who is Locke's babysitter. Who, as she's babysitting uh, Locke, who's trying to sleep in the other room, she's basically screwing her boyfriend in the, mm -hmm. the other yeah. room, and he can hear her loudly. Yeah. So he comes in, basically, to tell him to shut up so he can get some sleep. And it's very apparent he doesn't know what they're doing. He's a mm -hmm. really young kid at this point, not got a clue about any of that sort of stuff yet. Um, and I've said it to you before the show. It's like I, I don't know if we do we call it like sexual abuse at this point, or if she basically. It's definitely heavily hinted at it. Flashes the kid basically in this yeah. first, and as this issue goes on, it kind of heavily hints that there was a little bit more stuff going on there with Ramona and Locke as he yeah. got older. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so like she. That's the introduction to Ramona, and then that becomes like she does come back later in this issue, so we start to see that this has probably been an ongoing thing. And mm -hmm. uh, next, Stanley, who got the crap kicked out of him at the end of the last issue, uh, wakes up, which I love the f I love the waking up face because he wakes up to see like Spencer, the stuffed <laughs> toy, sitting still. Yeah, um, it's like chair. a it's like a blurry yeah, it's like a blurry shot of a stuffed panther, and then it clears up. Oh man. And he basically tells them, you know, we're going to play a game. Yeah. And it's called Convict Ball. And they never play it twice the same way. <laughs> um, so he basically... Him and Spencer, like, load up on weapons. One's got a cricket bat, one's got, like, a polo, a mallet, and they beat the utter crap out of Stanley. Yeah. 
I love the fact that Spencer's in on it. I think that's hilarious. Yeah, like Spencer's in on it. <laughs> and got I'm a mallet, like, man. Because I, I said it to you beforehand, like, there's shots like that and there's shots and stuff that come up and I'm like, I want to see the other side of it. Like, I want to know what's actually happening in that moment because that yeah. moment both Spencer and Locke have picked up weapons and are beating on this guy and I'm like... So did he have a weapon in each hand? Was, like, he, was what he is double- he... What is actually <laughs> happening? Because, like, Spencer's not there. Like, it's clarified. Like, Spencer is definitely not there multiple times. Yeah. He is a stuffy. But- but there are there are some shots where you're like, is he not there though? Is he 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 might be there? <laughs> I don't know. At least for me. So they beat the crap out of him and eventually get a name of a place, the Red Rose. So he double checks that with him, wants to make sure he ain't lying about it, and goes to head on to the Red Rose. Spencer seems a bit shaken by it. Yeah, and wants to check that Locke's okay. And they basically threaten Stanley as they're leaving. We're going to go check this lead out. And if we come back and, you know, this isn't right, then, you know, we're going to have some more fun. Yeah. If it works out, you're free to go. So they go and check out. And that was the shot that um, Nitro first showed when he opened the book up. It was actually the front of the Red Rose. Which yeah. is your strip club, bar, brothel sort of mm-hmm. place. It's very heavily hinted it's a strip club, but it's heavily hinted it's lit the lowest of the low seediest of seedy places yeah like even when they walk in they have to give a special password that you managed to get out of sophie's belongings um which was what was it again a uh, perdition yeah perdition which is basically damnation yeah um which i love the fact as well when he walks by the guy going and he goes enjoy your night and he says oh, not likely yeah <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. So he goes in and he's got his running monologue pretty much going on the whole time that he's here trying to work out like you know, like we're running we're going past some big time people here, like there's some like lawyers here, there's like, you know, counsellors, city counsellors mm-hmm. here and there's you know, let's we're gonna, gonna go, we're gonna sit at the bar, we're gonna try and blend in, we're gonna try and not be yeah. noticed. If you don't mind here. Yeah, yeah, go. If you don't mind, let me, let me just read part of this just so people can understand, like, this is the type of writing that goes on with the inner monologue. It sounds like a novel. Yeah. So, here at the Red Rose, the lowest of low lives meet with the heaviest of high rollers. I pass two city councillors and a DA before I even cross the room. And that's not counting the gangbangers in the corner, both putting these girls through college. I gotta play this quiet if I want to make it out of here in one piece. So, it's it's just so cool the way he sets the tone with, with some of the inner monologue. I'm sorry, dude. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. By all means. So, yeah. So, they basically notice that there's a, a heavily guarded room at the mm-hmm. back of the club. And they're like, okay, that's where we need to get into. And then while they're at the club, we also get a shot of a dude who's got Hero. That she's basically been brought to this place. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she's in this building as well. But Locke doesn't even know she's been kidnapped at this point. Um, so it actually cuts back to seeing Locke um, giving a a message like one of those school messages to Sophie like with a yes no maybe on it yeah I won't tell you what he wrote on it because <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's some of the not safe for work content yeah um, and, but basically like, she doesn't answer it she just goes to beat the crap out of him for even Ooh. giving her the thing and he basically pulls the same thing of like he basically bumps into one of the counsellors and like one of the councilmen and gives him some money to pay for the drink that he spilled and stuff and writes a message on it so that when he goes to hand it to one of the strippers like she basically calls security over and creates this massive brawl between everybody yeah 
Yeah. Which draws security away so he can get into the room. So they start basically going through everything in this office. They start going through books, mm-hmm. they start going through invoices, they start going through uh, what is this? Like, I find invoices that don't make any sense. A warehouse off the south side, the old museum row of 67th Street, even Parkwood, the school where Sophie worked. So, yeah, Sophie, like, obviously talked about as a teacher, so that's even mm-hmm. in here. And they're all signed by the same person, A.L. Then Spencer smells something, Jasmine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Locke, we're out of time. And the interesting thing happens is this is the return of Ramona, who works at this club. Mm-hmm. And when she comes in and he smells Jasmine, Spencer literally, he... He infinity, like he infinity wars he like dusts yeah like yeah. he's just been snapped away you know it's like he literally is gone this is the only time we've ever seen like Locke not be able to hold on to Spencer and him go mm-hmm. and it's when Ramona walks into the room you know clearly like she works here clearly there's a connection between the two yeah and clearly it's longer than her just flashing her breasts at him when he was a kid it's like there's clearly been something here over the last however many years yeah you know he talks about the fact that he like he freezes up and stuff he's like no not her not Ramona yeah. it's like you don't want to give your dear old babysitter a hug officer lock and like in his head he's like she made Spencer disappear mm-hmm. how did she do that yeah it's like I want to run but my legs won't move you know, and th- and she's and it's that kind of thing that you get in a lot of Detective Noir stories. She's definitely the femme fatale. She's definitely flirtatious, but also definitely one of the bad guys. Yeah. You know, it's very heavily hinted at, and the scent of Jasmine fills my lungs. I'm paralyzed. After all this time and after all these years, she's still in my head, and that's a line that very much to me clicks. Of like, this is more than just a you know flirtatiously flashed a kid. It's like there's there was something more going on here. Mm-hmm. Like she was at the very least in her teens when he was a kid, so she was older and very much in control of their relationship. Yeah. And it became probably very sexualized. Mm-hmm. To the point of like it's in his head, you know, yeah. and it still messes with him. To the point of that Spencer disappears and isn't there to help him. You know, so he basically starts questioning on the fact on like Sophie Jenkins starts questioning on what she knows she's not giving anything away while this is going on and you know she moves in basically flirting with him going for the kiss all that sort of stuff Hero is fighting with this dude that's got captive and she drops her bunny and the guy stands on it and it squeaks and she yells for help and this like snaps Locke out of it he manages to pull away, starts to run, and when he starts to get away from her, Spencer like comes back into existence. And like they don't even question the fact that Spencer's gone, they just get right back on it. He's Spencer's like still finishing the sentence that he was saying when he disappeared, telling him to run. Yeah. And he's like, he's like Where have you been? It's like, Log, what the hell happened? And he just goes straight <laughs> yeah. into the they've got Sophie's kid, like straight into action. Yeah. They see her in the car and they're like, they've taken her to try and throw me off the case to get me to back off and then the next page is like they don't they clearly don't know me very well here yeah here's some of the the next stuff that's coming up just such good art man yeah and the, the basically it's the so rest cool. of this issue is this massive car chase gunfight yeah of him like chasing and 
like you can see Spencer's nervous he's like the back of his mind like this going too fast we're going too fast but some phenomenal art of the cards racing the gunfight mm -hmm. taking place I mean it's just so well I even love like the him going around corners fast even interlock it with like clips of him as a kid doing it and he's um, he's wagging and stuff like that and well, you made a good point earlier. Like, I would love to see the other part. Like, what it what did it look like? Because there there is a panel in here where Spencer is actually driving. Like, yeah, he's legit. What does that look like in yeah. real life? He's legit driving. Like this scene right here, <laughs> Locke is hanging out of the car window, both hands on the gun, and I'm yeah. like, that car has to keep going that way. Like, they don't crash or anything while that's happening. I'm like, what in the yeah. world are you doing? Because how are you pulling that off? Because Spencer's trying to keep it on on track. They end up um, skidding to a halt as they're chasing this other car because it gets hit by a a semi coming the other way. Takes them out. Then as they're trying to race around it and trying not to crash, Ramona pulls up in another car and starts driving alongside him. And he starts to kind of freeze up again. You get this really cool scene of her pulling up next to him and Spencer or Locke sorry yeah. like starting to freeze up again and you even see like mm -hmm. Spencer disappearing it's like yeah. I'm frozen the scent of Jasmine fills my lungs I'm sorry Sophie she's in too deep and I can't even pull the trigger yeah and then like he hears something screaming his name and then he thinks but then I see her hero I know exactly what will happen if I fail her suddenly my hands work again like he unfreezes thinking about needing to save the kid and boom gets Ramona right between the eyes. Yeah, and, then and that's, that's a really cool shot. Um, I mean, no pun intended. <laughs> um, well, that's a really cool shot, but yeah. Just the way uh, the way that he, he, he lays that out, or they lay that out in that. Yeah, it's done really well. So yeah, so that car goes off the road and crashes. Um, but as they're dealing with that and Locke's eyes are taken away, Spencer actually spots that Hero is actually in the middle of the street. Mm -hmm. she's actually out of the car she's unscathed but she's in the middle of the street so they skid to try and stop and their car launches over her um, and then it goes black and he's basically passed out he, you can see his eye open and he grabs Spencer the stuffed toy and holds on to him as he gets dragged away by one of uh, I guess this is like henchmen mm -hmm. and that's where issue 2 ends was intense dude yeah that's an intense issue so so we're halfway through so how are you feeling at this point like going in the first issues what were you thinking at the end of these then i was i was feeling like it was a lot more intense than i thought it was going to be mm -hmm. um i I really like this story right now in this when i was reading through it the story was super compelling like the small little details of like spencer disappearing when he found saw ramona um the you know the way that they laid out some of the scenes with uh, Spencer and um, Hero, I was just I, I was I, I was in I was in, <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know. Uh, what what were your thoughts after after you got past the second one? Oh, I think at this point, like I was I was all in on this by the end of issue two at least. Like issue one, I was pretty much in on it, but just the path that issue two took, like it. It's a really phenomenal like detective story. It was really well done and really well yeah. written in that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But just the flashbacks to like him as a kid and the flashbacks to the stuff that he's gone through and the stuff that he's experienced and mm 
mm-hmm. like it, as the book goes on and even it goes into the next issues like you really start to have a heart for Locke and what he's been through as a kid like yeah, all this trauma all these horrible things he's experienced like you know seeing the stuff with his mom seeing the stuff with Ramona seeing how it's affecting him mentally since he was a child you know more of that's already coming because we've been introduced to Augustus Locke who it's not specifically been said it's his father but it's quite heavily hinted at at this point that it's his father Yeah, and it's like just I was in like I need to know what happens at that point, mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to get through issues three and four because like, I need to know what happens next. I need to to delve into this. Yeah, and at the end of at the end of issue two, they show him being dragged out of the car um, by you. You're assuming the bad guys, Augustus Locke and his ilk. Um, but the thing is, he's holding Spencer by the hand and he's dragging him along with him. Yeah, making sure he comes that, with him. That kind of sets up for issue three, and I'll, I'll dive into that if you want. Yeah, uh, you can take on issue three. Yeah, issue yeah. three is. It's intense and probably the, crazy. probably the weirdest of the four issues. Yes. So the, the whole premise of issue three is that Locke is captured, right? Locke has been captured by Augustus Locke's goons, right? And they have him strapped to the table. And he, Augustus Locke's whole thing is he is a drug runner, right? And he needs to test certain different types of drugs. And now that he has an unwilling participant in, the, in said studies, he starts to shoot him up. But before we get to that, right off the bat again, it starts off with another Calvin and Hobbes-esque comic strip. This time, Spencer and Locke are, are, what are they? Astro- not not astronauts is not the right word, but um, yeah, they're like space. They're spacemen, kind of like from explorers. the old, kind of like the old school space adventurers, like you know, like yeah. Flash Gordon with the big or shoulder Buck pads Rogers and or, yeah, like the old school like nineteen fifties esque sort of like Buck yeah. Rogers or Flash Gordon before like not the modern esque ones. And he's Rocketman Reynolds and his faithful sidekick Panther. <laughs> so it, it, you know, it shows the it shows Spencer and Locke. They're playing. They're obviously playing using yes, their imagination. Yes, Locke, absolutely. Spaceman Spiff that um, that Calvin used to dress up as, absolutely. But they're obviously using their imagination. They're playing. The next scene you see, it, it's still in the comic book strip style, but you see um, Locke's mom come in. She has a bottle. She smashes it on the side of the wall. And Locke pulls out a gun on her. <laughs> yeah. Locke pulls out a gun on her, and she goes to stab him with the bottle, the broken bottle, and he kills her. He shoots her dead. Yeah. He kills his mom. Um, and that that theme is an important theme throughout this issue because he 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 comes to the that realization um, throughout this issue, and it hits him at varying varying degrees. So let's jump right into it. So yeah. He wakes up on a gurney. He's strapped down. There's this weird-looking like doctor, doctor over him who's getting ready to inject him with with a hallucinogenic drug. Um, you see the drug take effect, and you see a really cool panel. You see the doctor basically turn into a monster and split into three. You see it just, it's just taking hold of him, and then you see a heart rate meter start going up. So you know stuff is about to go down. Um, so they think he's died on the table. And then all of a sudden, they start unstrapping him, and then he gets up, and then he just starts going ham and starts killing all the people around him. And then this, this is cool. This next shot is his imaginary, his imaginary um, counterpart from when he was a little, Rocket Man Reynolds, but all grown up, like real style, like him actually dressed up as Rocket Man Reynolds. So basically, the the next several pages are him dressed up like Rocketman Reynolds, killing what he thinks are aliens, but in the real world, 
are actually the goons in the warehouse. And one of the cool things that I mentioned to Cross about this is, so the inner monologue in this story so far has been all lock. It's been all lock. And, and it's been really cool exposition, um, but it's been all lock. You never hear Spencer's inner monologue because Spencer's not real, right? Mm-hmm. Spencer's an imaginary panther. <laughs> imaginary panther detective. A really cool thing that I think they do is they flip the script. So now that now that Locke is in a hallucinogenic state and he thinks he's Rocket Man Reynolds, the inner monologue switches to Spencer. So Spencer basically takes over. Uh, takes over the logical mental process of Locke. Um, Spencer starts figuring out what, what was injected into Locke. And meanwhile, you get some really cool shots of just... Locke just going ham on people. So, like, you can see he's the Spaceman Reynolds right here, but in real life, he's just choking a dude with a tie. <laughs> but he thinks he's he thinks it's this dude. He thinks it's a, a huge monster. Um, and then he keeps getting flashbacks to his mom um, about, about um, killing his mom, and he's like, I've got blood on my hands. He looks at his hands. There's actually blood on his hands. Um, there's, a, there's a flashback shot of his mom holding the bottle. And that is fueling his anger during this psychotic break. This psychotic drug-fueled break. Hey, Chunk the Hut, thank you for the sub gift, man. Yeah, thank you for Appreciate getting the sub to I Am Not Prepared. Welcome to the Stan Clan. Get the Stanley emotes in chat, people. Um, so, so here's some of the inner monologue from Spencer right, right now. He says, I follow the sounds of screams and pray they aren't his. Talking about Locke. His heartbeat echoes in my ears. It's fast as a drum, louder than a machine gun. But I keep listening. It means Locke is still alive, and that's the best news I've heard all night. Put yourself in his shoes. He's confused, scared, possibly in shock. Think. What would Locke do? What's going through his mind right now? So this is all Spencer talking. It's so cool. And this is a really cool shot. And it took me my second time reading through this to realize what was happening here. But in every one of these images, he's, he's obviously killing... Uh, a goon in the warehouse but he is in a different he's a different imaginary person in each one of these scenes imaginary person that obviously him and spencer came up with when he was a kid so um you, you can see in every single scene he's somebody different but he's destroying them and he's holding this guy who he just beat the brakes off of and he sees sophie um his 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 former girlfriend that he was the he's detective going over her case and she's now the queen, like a, an alien queen. So his mind is all over the place. Like, he's all over the place. Um, and then all of a sudden you cut back, you cut back to not, not Locke's mind, but Spencer's mind, and you see that somebody is aiming at him with a sniper rifle, and he's standing beside a bunch of helium tanks. And the next thing you know, it's just huge explosion. And Locke's still hallucinating? <laughs> <laughs> and he's still killing people and this time Spencer's finally found him and he's trying to get him to calm down he's like you know he's stop you need to stop you need to listen to me and then Locke turns around and he sees what he thinks is a monster but it's Spencer obviously flashback to him as a kid pointing a gun at his mom heart rate's going off the roof he's trying to talk to him um, and this, this these next two panels like Again, this is what I mean by this story has heart. So this, I think, in my opinion, and Cross, I don't know what you think about this issue, but in my opinion, this is all about Locke coming to terms with him. I killed my mom. She might have had it coming. She might have deserved it. Obviously, she's an awful person, but I killed my mom. And how that 
um, how that relates to the death of Sophie, where he thinks he has blood on his hand for that too. So you cut back to flash flashback of his mom. Again, heart's going through the roof. You can see um, Spencer's starting to transform back to back to his his panther form, and um, he's saying you have to stop running. Spencer's basically telling him, "Dude, you need to stop running from this specific event because that's what he's been trying to do." And then he says, "Blood on my hands." He said, "You need to stop." And then he goes, "I killed her. This is what I deserve. I deserve this." And then this shot right here. Spencer goes, "No, no, you don't." And then he says, let it go, pal. It's not your fault. And then you see a picture of Spencer holding Locke, just like cradling, cradling him um, like if, if they were kids. And like it, it had like when I read this, I got like Goodwill Hunting vibes, you know, when um, they're in the office, they're in the therapy office. And Robin Williams character keeps telling Matt Damon, it's not your fault. And he, he gets pissed. He's getting pissed. And he goes, it's not your fault. And he keeps saying it until he finally realizes and he breaks down. And definitely getting, I got those, those vibes from this. So I, I feel like this issue was all about him coming to terms again with the death of his mom and him killing his mom and, and how that relates to, to Sophie's death. Um, I don't know. What did, what did you think about this issue? <clears throat> yeah, this issue was really hard-hitting and... It was clear, like, the Rocketman Reynolds stuff, the hallucination he was facing and that, like, it was forcing him to confront a lot of the stuff he was going through. Mm -hmm. He clearly held himself accountable for, like, his mom's death and held himself responsible that it was his fault she died. And he was feeling the same for Sophie, and I think, again, that's why he was fighting so hard to save Hero. Because, like, he's still carrying the death of his mom. He now believes Sophie's death's in his hand. Mm -hmm. And those last shots with Spencer, like, that that just that was a bit that broke me like that scene of Spencer yeah. holding him yeah and just telling him it's like look it's okay it's not your fault mm -hmm. you know and Locke really showed himself like I killed her this is what I deserve yeah and I explained a lot of what he holds on himself of like I deserve this and you start to realize that that's why Spencer's there it's like Spencer is his help is his coping mechanism for it because of all the crap he's gone through in his life, the only good thing he ever had was Spencer. Mm -hmm. Everything else he's lost, everything else has been taken from him. Mm -hmm. The only thing he was able to hold on to was that, and that's his comfort yeah. in this. And it it became part of him. Like he can't be without him now. Mm -hmm. You know the abuse he took from his mom, and it's like even at that, as a kid dealing with his mom, and is like, you know, it's like she didn't deserve to die. Mm -hmm. You know, and it just it's such a heartbreaking issue. It just it really you completely are at that point I'm like I'm sold on this, I'm completely in lost yeah. corner now. Like I I think this is the issue where like if you've not felt it yet, this is the one where it's like you get on board with Locke. You start yeah. to understand who he is and how he ticks and why he does what he does. Yeah. And you're like and this was the point where I was like, especially the way it ends on that last page, you see like his dad calling in to the doctor asking him if it's finished and Locke takes him out mm -hmm. and tells him it's like it's like we're coming for you dad be ready yeah and it's like you're hyped for that final confrontation mm -hmm. you're hyped to see him go against his dad to save Hero and like you're fully into like this has to work yeah this has to uh, take place now this has to he has to win Locke said something Chad he said the more I think about it I'm wondering if this is 
schizophrenia or a dissociative identity disorder because if he's hallucinating Spencer that's one thing but this could be a fight club type thing I I, I, I tend to agree yeah yeah I definitely I, don't I think it's, it's definitely not a hallucination because he's aware that Spencer's not real because mm-hmm. we see it and the most clear scene that you see of that is when he is talking to Hero. And he doesn't like introduce to say, and this is my partner, Spencer. It's like, no, he holds up the stuffy. And he says, this is Spencer. And he's a real-life panther because he knows in her head she's thinking it's a stuffed toy. Yeah. So, like, he's able to process and come to terms with the fact that Spencer's not real in that way. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I think it is more of that. It's more of a, like, Spencer has became part of him and... Yeah. Even when he's processing stuff, like you need to remember, like even when he goes to the crime scene and stuff, all the stuff that Spencer does, that's Locke's mind working. Yeah. Like his mind is actually phenomenal because he's the one that's working all this stuff out. He's the one, you know, and even Spencer saving him when he's on drugs, like that's his mind trying to break back through. Yep. It's two parts of the same mind. But whereas, like in Fight Club, like where they ended up fighting each other over it and they ended up becoming enemies, like they are partners that work in tandem. And yeah. it's what makes them work. You know, and Locke is also then never alone. He doesn't have to worry about dealing with being alone. I think for me there's something about, like... So, as a, as a dude who was raised by a single mom, like, there's something about, I think, men being able to, like, emotionally demonstrate that I think is looked down on, I don't know, in society. I, I think a lot of people think that masculinity means that you don't necessarily express emotions, or if you do express emotions, they're muted. Yeah. Um, so I like when characters can get to a point, and I'm, I'm, I don't like what happened to Locke, obviously, but I like when characters can get to a point in a book where it's just, they, they kind of give in to yeah. that, to that, like, emotional, like, waterfall, so to speak. Yeah. And, like, because I think those are some of the most powerful parts of this book. Like when he's just letting Spencer cradle him, <laughs> you know, and he's a full-grown yeah. man, and he's letting. Obviously, Spencer's not really, really cradling him, but you know, he's letting him do that. You know, he's connecting with his little girl. It's just I, I, I like that type of stuff. I, I yeah. really appreciate that. Because I think it helps sell who Locke is. Yeah. Because you can only imagine how many times Locke has has let that emotion out how many times he's processed what's happened to him and how hard and cold he's became to it because he doesn't have anyone else he literally has spencer like you know everything else gets taken from him yeah and it's like he is just shut himself off to everything but he is so hurt and scarred deep down but which is it's weird because it's such an overdone story to a certain extent like everyone knows that story but it's done so well here that you invest in the characters like at no point that I feel like it was forced at no point that I feel like oh it's another tortured soul story shot off to yeah. the world trying to be the action hero type thing no it's like it's it's got so much heart and realism and it's like you just feel so connected with them mm-hmm. and and this last issue is even more of an emotional yes. punch like even from the get go, like it starts off again with the the comic, the Calvin and Hobbes esque comic of his childhood, and you see him like he's doing one of his tests. He's standing up on the roof, and 
you don't think much of it at the time, but it's um, it's like wind speed check, barometer pressure check, electron neutrons <laughs> double check. But then you're like, you see Spencer running up and going, "Don't!" And it's like, it's like, "Don't try and stop me. This is a big step for scientific progress." My <laughs> substantiator. It says it may look like an ordinary cardboard box, but anyone entering the transubstantiator will be forever changed. All you need is to trust in science and make the leap. You know, it's like I can come back as a bird, or a fish, or even a panther like you. Just think, Spencer, it could be a brand new beginning for all of us. And he's like, Locke, what are you really doing up here? He goes, aye, and then he turns and he just buries his face into Spencer and he's like, everything hurts, Spencer. Everything hurts so much. And I, I just thought, maybe I could come back as something happy. And he's like, come here, you've you got it all wrong. You know, you could come back as a bird or a fish or even a panther. But I wouldn't want to live in a world without my best friend, just as you are. Yeah. And it's like, and that's that's how the fourth issue starts. Like this kid has had some hell of a childhood. Yeah. Like seriously. <clears throat> and it's it's crazy seeing that Calvin and Hobbes style comic strip with such heavy, like, um, meaning behind it. You know. Yeah. And I love this. I love this inner dialogue for this issue. This issue is probably one of my favorites, if not my favorite of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. He starts his inner dialogue because they come up to the museum. They mentioned it during when they were at the Red Rose, and the museum's a meeting place where he's meeting his father and looking to get Hero back. It's like sometimes I wonder if the dinosaurs knew the end was coming. One day they're at the top of the game the dominant species on the planet the next boom they're just fossil fuel swimming in a tar pit but even as a kid I couldn't help but wonder do you think the dinosaurs knew what was happening once the meteor hit do you think they saw extinction for what it really was and most important do you think they'd do anything different if they did and I love this kind of thing because this is a reoccurring like monologue during this last issue of the the end is coming Mm-hmm. and being aware that the end is coming you know and like he it's that thing of like he knows he's probably not getting out of this one because we find out more about his dad in this one and who his dad actually is and he knows what he's walking into whereas like we're just learning mm-hmm. you know like even he says to Spencer you ready for this and he's like would it change anything if I said I wasn't <laughs> yeah so they go in and it's like you know, and he's meeting with his father, who we then find out, you know, Augustus Locke, drug lord, killer, overall scumbag, or as I like to call him, dad. <laughs> you know, and like any father, I hold his interest by talking about business, and he's brought, like, obviously a lot of the drugs that he's managed to kind of swipe from him to bring in as a trade. You know. And he knows that he's, like, he's messing with something dangerous like there's a tar pit thing there and he is holding the drugs like over the tar pit like show me the girl or I drop this and you lose it all it's like he's like he's in here throwing everything on the table to try and make sure she's okay you know and they bring the kid down and he goes hero and Augusta says beautiful kid isn't she does her grandfather proud and then the inner monologue is like grandfather. 
but that means which is like hell of a moment to find out you're a father yeah <laughs> and basically he says you know he acts like Locke had like intentionally left her with Sophie like to keep him away from her sort of thing and it's like but he was like you know he's got his granddaughter now and basically tells him like you can drop the bag if you want but before you get the chance to, to you're going to be dropped by my men here yeah like, this is it you're done you're done you know so you see their eyes kind of looking around and then before they get a chance to do anything hero acts and bites the guard that's holding her it takes off and I love his next move as he throws the bag of drugs at them so when they shoot it hits the bag and like it just bursts into this cloud of drugs <laughs> so that they can escape and I love the like I, this is one of these scenes where I want to know how what's actually happening because he goes into the cloud of drugs to take out the men but then like Spencer starts shouting them instructions he's like don't yeah. worry partner night vision's my specialty <laughs> and you even see like Spencer's vision yeah like he's seeing in the freaking smoke and I'm like, like over there by the stairway like yeah. look behind you and I'm like this is all in Locke's head though like what, how is he seeing and then Locke takes a shot to the arm and then takes the guy out and I kind of love this scene as well like he takes a shot to the arm and goes down holding Hero and then he turns around to shoot and it's both him and Spencer holding the gun at the guy. Oh yeah, I didn't even notice that, dude. Like, I kind of love that imagery because, like, although they've been separate, it's one of the few times we see a hint of, like, it's the same person. Yeah. You know, they're both in there. So they run to get cover. And they take cover and basically he gives Spencer over to Hero. You know, says, hey, sweetie, remember my partner Spencer? the biggest meanest panther in the world and he's promised to keep you safe so there's a closet down the hall hide there if anything happens to me you know what to do send this to Spencer and then he's like but Locke what about you he says what about me we all gotta die sometime and I love it as it transitions from like him handing over the stuffy to him talking to Spencer and to Spencer actually being with Hero yeah I love that kind of transition as he goes to face his father so in the next, so there's a whole bunch of panels here where a whole bunch of stuff happens all at once. Yes. Um, as he basically takes out a bunch of the guys by shooting down a dinosaur, she goes and hides in the closet, and a guy comes for her. And it's like she's, you know, he's sneaking in, he opens the closet up, and then you hear, blam! And you see Locke's face, like, turning around, like, realising the gunshot came from the closet. And then... This is a cool panel. This scene, like, I'm almost here and thinking, this scene just yeah. blows me away. Like, her eyes closed and Spencer's the one with the gun in his hand. Yeah. And like, it's alright. You can open your eyes now. I and made you a promise. A panther always keeps his promises. Yeah. And then I even love her reaction. She's like, I, I didn't know you were real. He's like, oh, sweetheart, I'll tell you the same thing I told your dad. I'll always be as real as you need me to be. Yeah. You know, and you see her... Mm him kissing her and then it transitions and she shot him but Spencer in hand and it's like wow and it's like and you start to understand that's the moment when you fully kind of understand why he's still around for Locke because of all Mm -hmm. the crap that's going on in Locke's life Locke needs him yeah and now Spencer's became almost like this guardian angel over the whole family Mm -hmm. like he's now protecting hero Locke's daughter as well and I 
I love it. I absolutely adore it. Like it's probably yeah. my favorite scenes out of the whole comic. Mm-hmm. You know, and then we see Locke like pulling himself to go and face his old man. And it's kind of cool because we still get like little hints of like the Calvin and Hobbes s comic, like single panels of it every so often. Yeah. Yeah. That's going on. But he's basically pulling himself up to fight Augustus and he's even saying it in his own head. He's like, I, my body's starting to feel, you know, my body runs cold. My hands won't stop shaking. I've lost too much blood. Mm-hmm. And his dad smacks him with a pole in the back. And then drops one of the bigger bombshells of the series. You know, because it's like, it's like, why couldn't you leave? I've left well enough alone. It's like, because you killed her. You killed Sophie Jenkins. Like, killed her? You idiot. Why would I kill my own courier? Yeah. And it's like, what? And it's like, she didn't just work at the school. She worked for Augustus Locke. Mm-hmm. And she was given drugs into the school. Yeah. So this whole time he's been hunting Augustus to think he's getting, going to kill him for Sophie. And she's been working for him the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I love it that the next thing is he just gets this full burst of rage, shoves Augustus over the barrier, and they break through. And as they're starting to fall, like he grabs on, and Augustus grabs on a lock's leg, and they're hanging. And I just love the internal dialogue here that says, just when I thought they'd taken everything from me, they teach me there's still more that I can lose. And, like, and that's just one of the most heartbreaking like inner dialogue things he's had in this whole series is because it's like yeah. this kid has just dealt with so freaking much. It's like he's had no break for like twenty plus years. There has been no chill in his life. He's had to deal with this crap, you know. And he's like hanging onto the ledge, and Augustus starts rambling his crap about the fact of that he's, you know, you're just like me. You know, just give in, just be like me. It's like, just let us both fall and die. Mm-hmm. It's like, just let us both fall to the ground. Surely the world will be better off without both of us. And it just supposes that with his whole thing of talking about, like, the dinosaurs again and, like, you know, knowing the end was coming. Maybe they knew it was coming. Maybe they knew and they just didn't care. Maybe they were tired of all the blood and the rage and the death and then he sees Hero. He says, or maybe... Maybe they just didn't have something worth sticking around for. And I love that next shot as well. He's hanging there yeah. and like his dad's just talking all this crap and his second hand goes up and grabs the gun, which was like right there. Yeah. He just grabs it and names it at his head and says, Tell Mama said hi. <laughs> Boom. Right in the forehead. Right between the eyes. Blast him. And he falls to his death. It's like he falls and smacks and Hero helps him back up, and Spencer helps him back up as well. And he's like, every nerve in my body is screaming in agony. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, alright, we're going to get you to a hospital. And it's like, not yet. I know who did it. And then the interesting little twist of who actually killed Sophie at the end. Which I was not expecting. <laughs> yeah. Was Principal Scabtree. Because Locke made a shot earlier about the school still being utter crap and about the fact of like it's the drug trade there is going up high and all these kids are on drugs and dropping out. And basically it turns out her deceased husband, his razor was still in their bathroom. 
and she took his straight razor and slit her throat. And she does a whole bad guy thing where she goes off about the fact of why she did it and the fact of like, yeah. you know, she was tearing the school apart and stuff and so you don't understand you self righteous I was going yeah. I was doing what I had to do and he's like, Yeah, yeah. We'll see you in the funny pages. Which I love that's the last line of it is a little nod again to Calvin and Hobbes, we'll see you in the funny pages, like yeah. the comic strip. That's such a cool shot at the last shot. Yeah, that last shot she's getting carted away and like Spencer and Locke still standing. And that's the end of Spencer and Locke. Well, Spencer and Locke won anyway. That was really good, man. Yeah. It was so good. It was super intense, but it had a ton of heart. Yeah. Um yeah. And the I, art was phenomenal. I went into this expecting to really enjoy it. And I even liked it more than I thought I was gonna. They see what the horrific backstory of Bill Watterson when he got the inspiration for Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, you never know, Locke, maybe it is. This is this is where it all came from. Yeah, you never know. Maybe this is what happened and how he came up with Calvin and Hobbes. But <laughs> like But I think it's real this I enjoyed this so much more than I expected to, and I expected to really like this. Yeah. I really connected with this. This is literally probably one of my favourite comics that I've ever read. It's definitely one of my top ones. The only one I can possibly maybe be better than it and the ones we've done for Indie Comic Book Club is Lock and Key because that's one of my all-time favourites. But this is a phenomenal book. So much heart, so much story, such great writing, such great art. Characters that you completely... I'm completely invested in Lock and Spencer. I want to read Lock and Spencer too. I want to delve into this world more. I'm yes. ready to pick that up, delve more into that. I'm ready to pick up Lock and Spencer 3. I want to see more of these characters. That's so popular. I have more than one comic book about me. Absolutely <laughs> but Yeah, like, I'm, I'm really interested to read Volume 2. Um, I'm interested to see where the story goes. I, I mean, I, I'm just blown away by what they did with the art in this. Yeah. And obviously the, the story has such emotional heart and has emotional gut punches in each each issue, I think. But yeah, this was this was really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed this dude. Yeah, if you don't have um Spencer on Log, I would highly recommend picking it up for yourself. I would really highly recommend having this one on your comic book shelf. It is well worth even if you're stuck around, even if you're stuck around for all the spoilers, it's one of those ones that's well worth checking out yourself. Like those by the time you get to that fourth issue, I'm like, that's that's the thing that blows me away, I think. So many of these, like especially main comic book publishers, like talking like the big ones like Marvel and DC try to grip people with these amazing stories and try to do these phenomenal things in such a long spread out length of time even their trades are like you know the trade paperbacks are like six issues long David Pepos and, and Jose Santiago literally had four issues and they told a complete story told a complete story and blew me away with four yeah. issues and I'm like that's impressive Yeah, that's so impressive but yeah, thank you for stopping in. I am not prepared. I absolutely appreciate it. Have a good one. Hope you have a great day. But yeah, this this was an amazing story. Like I was just blown away by it. Like how invested I got in this story and these characters. And I want to see what happens next to Log. Like I, because like reading this, not if I didn't know there was a sequel story, I literally would have went into this thinking, yeah, Locke probably dies at the end of this. This is like his swan song. <laughs> this is how he goes yeah. out. It must yeah. be, you know. 
thank you for putting that shit out, Locke. Appreciate it. But you know, I I was certain this was going to be his swan song. If I didn't know there was a Spencer and Locke too, like this must be how it ends. And yeah. like, and even like that, because it even set it up. Like even like him giving the Panther, giving Spencer over to Hero, and then Hero seeing him and him coming mm-hmm. to life for her. Yeah, I like that's almost like a the passing of the torch to him. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested to see that relationship as well because now she sees Spencer too. Yeah, and there were a couple of hints, not necessarily hints. They were, they were, they showed it, um, but she's able to converse with him as as like a yes. an alive being, you know. She'll converse with him. And the interesting thing about that as well is the fact of like it's the same one that his her dad speaks to mm-hmm. because she turns around to comfort and he says, "I didn't know you were real." And the, the first thing he says is like, "I'll tell you what I told your dad." Yeah. So it's not like her own version of Spencer is literally the same mm-hmm. Spencer, and I'm like, yeah. So like, I'm de- I definitely ask him about this. Like, is Spencer real? <laughs> yeah, right. Is this like a spirit that inhabits this like toy panther? Because like, there's so many hints like that where like he's this like guardian angel for this family who helps them, and like it's clearly the same Spencer in that. And I want to read number two to see what what happens next. But like, there's heavy hints that he's more than just a stuffed animal. Yeah, he gets more involved somehow, and I'm like, if not, I want to know what's going on. Like, there's definite questions there. Like it does a random clip um, from the people we choose uh, that we shout out. Yeah, it's a special does, thing. So it dives into their clips that are saved on their um, Twitch, and I'll just play it. Um, but yeah, this this is definitely one of my favorites that we've done on Indie Comic Book Club. This is yeah, and I mean this is the whole re- a- that's the whole reason for doing the Indie Comic Book Club was to was to delve into comics that you wouldn't normally pick up, comics that people just aren't aware are out there. Because everyone talks Marvel and DC, and I'm like, if that's the only comics you'd read, then you are missing out on some phenomenal books. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've we've covered a few phenomenal books on this show, and it's like there's so many more out there that I can't wait to delve into. Like this one is 100% one of my favorites. I'm reading. Uh, I didn't realize there was an afterword by uh, David Propose yeah. about this about the story. Oh man, he's going into the nitty gritty. I got to read that before next week. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out for next week to go into it. Um, but yeah, it's like it's just a so. This was a really good pick, dude. Yeah, this was a good one, and because we were talking about doing this, and we were actually going to push off Spencer and Locke. Yeah. Because the last one we did for Indie Comic Book Club was Chew, mm-hmm. and I was worried that doing like a darker like detective story, it was going to get too samey doing the same yeah. style of stuff. But then we got the interview set up with David Papos, and it's like, I didn't want to... Hey, Supercalifrag, thank you so much for popping in. Lock, can we do a shout-out for Supercal? Um, I was really worried it was going to be too samey, and then, but we got the interview, and so I thought, okay, we definitely need to go and check this out, then we definitely need to read this book, and I'm so glad we did. Yeah. Like, this is... like. Chew was an interesting book. It was a definitely a good to see an award-winning book, and to cover it and see what everyone... Hey, Chunk the Hug, gifting a tier one sub to Super Califrag. Beast. Super Califrag, welcome to the Stan Clan. Chunk, thank you so much for that gifted sub. Absolutely appreciate it. But yeah, like, this is this is miles better than Chew. Like, Chew's an interesting oh, no take, question. but like, this is, this is so much better. No question. Just like, absolutely adore this book. And what are your thoughts then compared to like, coming into this because you came into this with a lot less than I did 
and basically my pitch and like, hey, we've got an interview coming up, we're doing this, here's what it's about, and my, like, it's Calvin and Hobbes' gritty noir detective story. So what's yours take from that coming into this? I think for me, the the biggest thing that stuck out to me was just how emotionally invested I was in the story. Um, Like I was saying earlier in the stream, I, I really like it when characters are stripped down and they they have to they have to succumb to the emotional stuff that's going through their brain or in you know what's going on in their life they have to confront that and numerous times and almost in every single issue in this book that happens and i think it adds a like everybody says emotional weight but it, it legitimately adds an emotional weight to the story that i think a lot of comics and a lot of books even are missing um, so I would, again, I was, I knew nothing about this going into it. I was yeah. very pleasantly surprised, um, especially with the art. The art was awesome and it perfectly went with the story. So yeah, oh, this was awesome, man. Um, and answering Kenneth in the chat there, um, Spencer and Locke is an original trade or, well, it was released in single issues, but it was back in 2017, but we looked at the trades Um comes from Action Labs Danger Zone department so it's a bit more of the mature content although the comment doesn't have that much mature content overall um but yeah so we're checking it out um from david propose we're going to be speaking with the hey Kenneth, thank you so much for the follow absolutely appreciate it oh it wasn't a follow sorry it was a thank you for the sub chunk the hunt gifting another sub welcome to Thanks, the stan bro. clan yeah i would as we were saying like we've went through Spencer Unlocked for the Indie Comic Book Club today and it's, it's well worth checking out. It's it's one of my favourite comics I've read. It just it was so good. It's only four issues and then there's a Spencer Unlocked 2 that's out and then a Spencer Unlocked 3 that's coming out. Um, I don't know when. It was announced in 2019 and then obviously everything got postponed thanks to COVID. So yeah. um, so I don't know when it's actually going to come out. Um, but I, I, I'll wait for a third one. That's yeah. the thing. If you're looking for a short, intense, really good, thoroughly emotionally investing read, I, this is it. Because it it does not it does not take you long to read through it. No, and that's a great thing. You could read through indie- it in like an hour, honestly, less than an hour. Yeah. And that's a great thing about indie comics is you can literally read that. That's that could be a one and done. Like if they've done a sequel yeah. comic, but literally you could stop there and like it's a complete story. And it's like the next one is like a brand new adventure of them going into it. Like I don't know how much like carryover there'll be, but it doesn't seem from what I've seen of it, it doesn't look like there's that much. Mm-hmm. And like this is the story, this is the one that they've dealt with, and it's like, you know, but it's awesome. But yeah, if you guys want to check it out, you can of course go ahead and check out on Amazon. You can find Spencer Unlock on there, and um, also as well check up hit up your local comic book store. Ask them for it. They need the support as much as anyone does, especially in the hard year that we had last year. Yeah. So yes. go and hit them up. And I'll shout out to Richmond Comics, our local store, who have hit us up with plenty of stuff and given us tons of stuff to watch. Chunk, you never have to apologize for a gifted sub, dude. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I didn't, I didn't dude. mean to cut you off, guys. No, I was going to say, it's like, no, Chunk, don't you dare apologize for gifted <laughs> subs. Thank you for wanting to gift subs as, like, in financially assisting the channel. It's so appreciated. Yeah, dude. It's like, yeah, how dare you, Chunk? How dare you be sweet and generous and give gifted subs to people that don't have how subs? How dare yet? you, you philanthropist? How dare you financially support comics in the cross? You know, it's like, don't ever apologize, Chunk. It is greatly appreciated. It is never asked for that we you have to do that for us, but every time you do it, it's so appreciated, Chunk. Honestly, yeah, you're yeah. awesome. But that's it pretty much for us for today. That's the end of the... <laughs> I love that emote, Ken. Anything that's brilliant. Beard of knowledge. I love it. 
But yeah, absolutely. That's the end of our comic book club for today. And um, if there's any any comic book clubs you'd love, any comic books you'd love for us to check out, by all means, please suggest them to us. We're open to check out pretty much everything and anything um, in the indie world as part of Indie Comic Book Club. And next week, as I stated, we are doing part two um, of this very special podcast because we looked at Spencer and Locke this week, and next week we are actually going to have David Popos, the writer of Spencer and Locke, crazy. on crazy. the channel. Um, coming to hang out with us, coming to talk about it, coming to talk about Spencer and Locke, coming to talk about his most recent book that dropped, um, Scouts Honor, as well as um, his newer books, The OZ, which is a militaristic um, Wizard of Oz take. Um, the issue one is dropped in that for his backers, as well as um, the upcoming Grand Theft Astro, um, that's still coming soon. Yeah, absolutely. We're really excited to have the talent behind the book actually coming on and getting to pick his brain a little, kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I cannot wait to talk to this dude. I can't wait to get him on the show and to ask him about this. Um, to talk about, to ask any questions. If you guys have got any questions about Spencer and Locke that we talked about today, by all means, drop them in our Discord or send us them in social media um, so we can present them to him and ask him questions or be in the chat next week and come and hang out and ask them as we talk. Um, so that'll be next week again next Sunday at 2 o'clock as usual uh, but that's not the last of us for this week I will be back no, tomorrow night at 8.30 uh, for Monday Night Crossplay as I start my brand new playthrough we finished uh, the Avengers game or at least the main campaign of it last week thank goodness that game was <laughs> we know that's my favourite game that game was Don't killing fly. my system it was killing my computer it seriously was and it uh, it was average at best, but but this week I am so excited. It's tomorrow night, eight thirty, here on Comics in the Cross. I get the opportunity to start Kingdom Hearts. It is released on PC. So I picked idea. up Kingdom Hearts one and two, the remix, and um, from the Epic Store. So I am so excited to play this through. For anyone who doesn't know, I have never played Kingdom Hearts. I know little bits and pieces of it, but I never played it when it originally released. When it um, as I got a bit older, I was getting Xboxes, and it only the older games only ever came out on PlayStation. So I could never go back and play 1 and 2 when the remix originally dropped, and then 3 dropped for the Xbox, and I really didn't want to jump into 3 when I hadn't played like the 15 million games that came before it. So <laughs> I thought that was probably not a good place to jump in. Uh, I meant to check out your stream before. Glad to catch it. Glad you could pop in, Kenneton. Um, I know Kenneton does a bit of streaming as well. If we could do a shout out for Kenneton as well, go and give him a follow as well. If you don't um, follow him already, go and show him some love. He is one of the amazing crew over at God Mode Activated. Thank you for that, Nitro. Oh, get a double shout out from Locke. I got oh, it first, Lock. Oh, that Locke and Nitro have got like a fight going, or who gets the first shout out? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude, I had to do at least one. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all, Kenton. Absolutely go and click on that link and go show them some love. Yeah, it's so funny when you see some of the clips that get pulled up and you see people's reactions like, oh, that clip, oh no. It's, uh. <laughs> there we go, there we go. We see the progress of the beard. The beard got a bit longer between clips. There we go. Do it, lad. I'm so it, many sound alerts on Tuesday. <laughs> But yeah, absolutely come and hang out with me as we play Kingdom Hearts tomorrow. It is my first playthrough. Um, no backseating as much as possible. I want to experience the game as much as I can. But I am probably going to get stuck at points, so I will need help, which I will ask for <laughs> as the game is going on. Um, so definitely make sure you come and hang out with me for that. Then my partner over here, this side, 
my Discord like flips cameras, and since I've not uh-huh. been using Discord, I've just been using my camera straight. I still don't get it. My partner over here, Nitro, will be back on Tuesday night at about eight o'clock. Yeah, man, we're gonna be working on lo- uh not locks. Shoot, Chunk the Hut, who's in the chat, who's just gifting everybody with a sub. We're gonna Na- be Nitro on can't watch today. Nitro words don't work. <laughs> so for those of you who who weren't a part of it, we did have a twelve or it was a, a technically a thirteen hour stream back in April where we raised some funds for Taka, the ca- autism community in action. And as part of that, some of the giveaways were some commission pieces by me. So one of them uh, we have been working on for the past two weeks, Chunk the Hut, who is in chat. Uh, this is part of it. So uh, we've been working on the digital version of this. Uh, worked yeah. on it about three hours last week. and yeah. we sh- Go check out our socials if you want to check that out, by the way. I posted a little bit yeah. of what Nitro had been working on on our socials. Um, and oh, Kenneth, and I'm um, just shouting out there, that's 8 p.m. 8.30 tomorrow Eastern and then 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, so it's Eastern, we're on East Coast, US. Yeah, and, and I might actually be changing that to 8.30 as opposed to 8, but uh, I'll let everybody, I'll keep everybody posted for Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, man, come join us. Yeah, but join us come on our... Up. Keep up with us on our socials and on our Discord to keep up with that as well. We'll be announcing like times and stuff, and if there's changes to Nitro's uh, times and stuff, you can find it out on there. Uh, your West Coast, so to just absolutely... Yeah, I'm so used to just saying eight and stuff like that, but I keep forgetting we've got people like from all different time zones coming in now. It's like eight years in, or seven years in this country. I'm still getting used to that. <laughs> um, and Chunk just uh, asking about the Avengers game. Honestly, I really enjoyed the main storyline to it. Chunk, the main campaign was really fun. Like go and watch my um, the finale that I did like last Monday. Like that is probably the most fun I had because like it was all non-stop getting into the story, getting into action. It's just there was so many random, quiet parts that just slowed everything down. Um, but that the finale of it was amazing. The story was awesome. If you're wanting to check it out for that, well worth it. Yeah, I'm always in the hunt for good comics, arcs, kind of street story. Well, absolutely come and hang out with us, Kenneth. And we will give you all the best stuff that we can recommend or find. And if you're looking for good comic artists to hang out with, then none better than Nitro. Definitely worth checking out. Man doesn't appreciate how good he is. I mean, you saw what he held up there. The man's the man's good. Literally, that was one of our conversations last night. Just to tell you, dude, when I was playing Valheim with like Locke and uh, Watson, we were actually talking about that. How awesome your artwork is, and the fact of like it's ridiculous that you don't realize how good you actually are. Appreciate it, guys. Like we were talking about, it's like, dude, he's so good. I, like, I can't believe he doesn't realize. I'm like. <laughs> You know, we're excited for you. Honestly, we're excited for you to finish Chunk's piece just to, like, because we love that piece. Like, I want to see what you do with the other ones. I feel like I get talked about when I'm not there a lot. <laughs> hey, at least it's in a positive way. Yeah, that's a good thing. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, Chunk. Like, that first Oryx you did on stream was awesome, dude. And then I love the fact that he, which I love, I kind of said it in chat, like, last Tuesday as well. Um, but it was, he didn't respond to it, which I'm pretty sure was on purpose. But I said, I love how he did that first Oryx, like the full body thing. And then just nonchalantly went, oh no, I don't like that. And then drew that in between streams. As if, and he, he just says it like that. Oh yeah, I went and redrew it. Here's the picture of it. As if it was nothing. As if he just like, ah, rah, da, da. And this picture came out. And I'm like, dude, that's phenomenal. How can you say it like it's nothing? Dude, I spent so much time on it though. Yeah, but you act like it's nothing. You act like it's like, oh, it's just something I threw together. And I'm like, dude, I couldn't even have done that in my best day. You can give me as much time as humanly possible. I would not come out with a piece of art that looked even close to that. 
Well, I appreciate it. There you go. Law's going to slide I'm, I'm, in. I'm here. sufficiently embarrassed now, so we can we can move on. Well, and there you go. Just embarrassing more. <laughs> Locks going to slide into your DMs as well, Nitro. All right, cool. Sounds good. Bring it, Lock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Nitro, entertain the people while I go and see who is live, so we can go and drop a raid on someone. All right, sounds good. So uh, I know I mentioned to you, Cross, but on Tuesday, so I have this really cool thing that I'm working on, that hopefully I can get working by Tuesday. It'll be a way that uh, yeah. it'll be a way that all of our subs and followers this uh, can interact with me on chat. Um, I'm hoping it will work because if it does, it's gonna be awesome. Um, so if you haven't been able to tune in on a Tuesday, please join me on Tuesday. I, obviously, do not miss Cross's first time gameplay through Kingdom Hearts, one of my favorite games of all time. But if you have the spare time, you should come out and join me on Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we can try to see if this thing will work. And so we can wrap up Chunk's piece. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, yeah, we will definitely have the sound alerts working. Um, yeah, the sound alerts have just been turned off for today for anyone who's usually looking for them because I don't like having them on during the podcast just because we get into a lot of topics. And this also goes up on, excuse me, not just our YouTube, but it also goes up on our podcast stuff on audio on like um, Apple and... Uh, Spotify and stuff like that as well and I don't want to sound alerts playing while we're talking about stuff that's part of the podcast um, but if we're doing game streams on Sunday for my Monday night streams and for Nitro's Tuesday night streams 100% the sound alerts will be on as well as my voice mod um, which I hope I've got working I think I might actually have it properly working where you just hear the voice and not me don't quote me on that but you know <clears throat> you're hilarious lot <laughs> why don't we yeah, that, that look, that's exactly what it's like. And <laughs> but for now, that's all from us. We're actually going to head over and check out a good friend of mine, Eric Dictator, and um, who's actually on right now playing a little bit of Apex Legends. If you hang it in our channel often enough, you know that Nitro and I are big fans of some of the Apex stuff. So quite happy to go and show it. And she's doing a twelve-hour stream today. Crazy woman, having done a twelve-hour <laughs> stream herself, um, I how know how, I know how crazy that is to even attempt that. So we are going to go, we're going to show her some love. So if you can hang out, guys, just to drop a big, massive raid on her. Uh, make sure if you've got the emotes, go ahead and copy and paste. I love the fact it's just posted the actual like thing and not the emotes himself. <laughs> but use the raid, Stanley, and the hype emotes. There we go. Yeah, thank you. Let's go ahead and do that. Throw it up in her chat, let her know that we're going to show her some love. And hang out, and if you're not following her, go and show her some love and drop her a follow as well. Meg is absolutely amazing. Uh, she's a great streamer with a great community. So, But that's it from us for today. I hope you've all had an absolutely amazing day. All take care. You Enjoy your Sunday. And remember, as always, it's a good week to be a geek. Take See care. You See you, bro.